This episode brought to you by Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash horror version for 30 days free and a book to get you started for your book recommendation. I'm just going to say Jan, although we all know what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, shockingly, I am recommending it today for this episode. I think it might be the third time I've recommended it. The Audible version is read by Stephen Weber, and it's a really great Audible version of it. So check it out. Check it out, guys. Go to AudibleTrial.com slash horror version for 30 days free and a book to get you started and make that book it. it. You know, Mikey, you might have been able to finish it if you had someone just read it to you. Yeah, Stephen <laughs> Weber will read it to you. Well, surprisingly, I got to the end and I hated it. Did Imagine you get to that. the end? This episode also brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Hey, Nick B. Fun fact about Nick B. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He is married. Ooh. Whoa, look at that. Happily. Well done, so Nick B. Back Making it work. But on a, instead of a wedding ring, he got the uh, Death Star tattooed on his ring finger. Oh, oh nice. that's awesome. But what did your wife get? She got an X-Wing oh. on hers. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that would be funny. It would be funny. <laughs> She's the light side. He's the dark uh-huh. side. Well, this episode also <laughs> brought to you by John. John. Hey, John. Let me tell you the truth about John. I got some anonymous emails from Noah. Nice. Noah you know anonymous <laughs> emails from someone I'm outing right now <laughs> as Noah. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> Noah reports that John bullied kids uh, in elementary school. What? Why? This was like two years ago. <laughs> How old is he? Is he in middle school? He was an adult when this happened. Oh, oh my God. He just went and yelled at children? I guess that's like socially acceptable down there. <laughs> yeah, things are different in Australia. Yeah, I honestly I don't, don't, know. I don't know. This episode also brought to you by the lovely Rebecca. Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, hey Rebecca. Rebecca. Are you a cat? Because I'm feline a connection. Aww. <laughs> Ooh, meow. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. All right. It's real good. Okay. I'm an animal lover, Mikey. You might not know that about me. Are you? Yeah. Don't you live with like 17 animals? There are five cats and two dogs. Guys, check out Rebecca's Etsy store at Straight On Tell Disney. I, I don't know if it's Etsy.com slash Straight On Tell Disney or if you just go there and search Straight On Tell yeah, Disney. You got to get you yourself some of those Mickey Mouse ears. Are you going to be having those Mickey Mouse tears? Oh, no oh, one geez. wants Mickey Mouse tears. My- this episode also brought to you by <gasps> Matthew. Matthew. Hey, Matthew. We're so excited you're joining the party. Yeah, thank you so much for joining the Burn It Down level. Hey. And as always... Reach out to us. Let us know what you want Mikey to do for your <laughs> weekly shout out. I think Ma- strip tease. Oh, what? Mm. Yeah. That'll oh. play great on a podcast. Oh, it will. I'm taking it off right now. No. Oh, my God. Oh, Mikey. God. Oh, no. Mikey. <laughs> this is where you put the 50, Todd. Ooh. No, I, uh, I'm putting the bill in my mouth. Oh, gross. Guys, <laughs> it's terrible. It. Please <laughs> tell them to stop. Matthew, reach out and oh. say, please never do this again. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh God. Gross. <laughs> Well, welcome to our Patreon, Matthew. Oh, On that are, note. I'm sorry I haven't showered in a while. Ugh, it tastes what like it. The, Guys. <laughs> Jen's oh face God. is so gross right now. It's amazing. Ooh. Oh, wow. My favorite part about ads is just making me angry. <laughs> yeah. It is the best. Last but not least, <gasps> this episode also brought to you by Carl. Carl. Yeah, now you know Carl, right? I do. How do you know Carl? Biblically. Carl and I go yeah. way back... <laughs> To my Twitch days. Ooh. Yeah, like years and years I've known Carl. What's Twitch? 
It's a website where you watch people play video games. Oh, yep. yeah? It's for sounds, the millennials. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome. He was very supportive then and now. Oh, yeah, so mm-hmm. if you wanted to watch him stream, because he streams too, it's twitch.tv slash Carlos M-O-L. Yeah, check him out. He's so, yeah, awesome. He is a lot of fun. He did some streams with his wife a little while back. Uh-huh, yeah. Not sure if he's still doing that, but check it out. Find out. Let me know. Burn it down, people. Thank you so much for supporting us. It really means a lot to us. And if you want your very own Burn It Down Patreon shout-out, join the Patreon at patreon.com slash horrorvirgin yeah. for a bunch of great perks or whatever. We'll make up a bunch of shit about you, or we'll shout out something that you want to plug. Carlos also does guitar lessons. Ooh. Side hustle. I know a lot about oh. Carl. We go what? way back. He's a good guy. I like he, him a lot. Yeah, he's nice. Carl, I'm going to bring in the theme music. In your you. honor. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, wang it, <laughs> So I went to therapy last week. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Horror Virgin, everyone. This is not even the story. <laughs> I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm the Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like watching scary movies, but this time, you guys drug my sad ass to the theater, and we watched <laughs> It Chapter 2. Now, you guys have both read this book, right, Mikey? (laughs) And Jen, correct me if I'm wrong. Like seven, eight months ago, when Mikey joined the podcast, he said, I'll I'll read it before it comes out. I think it was when we did the first episode. Yeah, (laughs) I do. Yeah. How long ago was that? I don't know. It was months ago. Man, it feels like a long, long time. The time frame it would take you to read that book four or five times. Sure. I mean, it's a long book. It is a long book. Yeah. But I mean, you have what, nine months? Yeah. Yeah. Mikey, how many times did you read it? Let's have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I a lack of th- 140, 50 pages. <laughs> you're close. Yeah, so, so close. you're at you're like so 900. Close. I stopped reading it five times, <laughs> read other complete books, and came back. Wow. I did not like the book. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the two movies together did a better job than the book does. Well, you also, okay, that's fair. You didn't finish reading the book. Jen, I know you've read it many, many times. Oh, yeah, times, I've read it probably And you love the book. I do right? love the book. This will be interesting because, you know, Mikey's read the book, hated it. Jen read the book, loved it, and I don't know how to read. So this should be <laughs> a pretty interesting- That's why you get audible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Stephen Hawkins reads it. What's his name? Stephen Weber. Stephen Hawkins? I uh, really liked the second movie. I didn't think it was as scary as the first. Agree. Agree. Uh, but I do think it had did some really good things. Yeah. And it wrapped it up really well and it kind of felt like a horror harry potter trilogy (laughs) i was thinking some horcrux yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. i didn't see that i really liked how it wrapped everything up and i think i think it'll live on because i think it's one of the best things that i've seen horror do in a while as far as like story it's got so much heart and i feel like we're not seeing a lot of that in horror i really enjoyed this movie a lot i didn't like it as much as the book but it felt like the book like the the heart of the book i feel yeah. like they got right there sure. i have some problems with well, that's it that's why we'll i love about. the movie because i feel like getting to the heart of the book trims out all the crap i didn't like about the book <laughs> yeah trims the fat as it were oh yeah that fat being ben we'll get there uh, i'll say this though didn't like the ending because the ending to me ruins the whole metaphor. But we'll get there. See, I liked the ending and it made the metaphor. <laughs> All right. I'm glad you liked it though, and you liked it too. No. Oh. I mean, I, I think it's it. a great movie. Amazing cast. All of them did a great job. Hated it. Would never watch it again. Because <laughs> it scared you? <laughs> yeah, it scared the yeah. shit out of me. Did it scare you as much as the first one? No, it did not. Okay. But the first one I gave a nine, I believe, on the scary right. scale. And <gasps> spoiler alerts for later. Uh oh. It's going to be close. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So we start with Todd being terrified when the sound got turned can on in not, our movie theater. Can we not talk about stuff that <laughs> happens before comes on the movie? <laughs> that, that's not fair. Okay, so we were in there, and they were playing like the commercials beforehand, and there was just no sound. Mm. And then... The first trailer just started out of nowhere. It was loud. It scared the shit out of me. It did. It was really funny. You guys are mean. And I said, the first jump scare of the movie. <laughs> it wasn't even the, it was the movie. This doesn't count. So we start with the kids singing a like British nursery rhyme called Oranges and Lemons. And then we start seeing flashbacks to the end of the movie with Bev like sitting. End of the first movie. Yeah, the yes. end of the first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Bev like talking about visions she's having. Yeah. Um, visions of them as adults. And we find out later it's... It's like of them dying. Yeah, it's how they die. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't in the first movie. No, there's a lot of flashbacks. Well, maybe not a lot. No, but there's, there's a, a good number of flashbacks to the kids mm-hmm. from the first movie, and none of that stuff was in the original. It wasn't yeah. the first. Yeah. It's not, but they did a really good job of shooting it because it felt like it, it was. did. Yeah. So Bev is like, I see dead people. <laughs> no, no, she goes, and I've they're seen you. you. Yeah. She's like, I've seen you all as adults, and Stan was like, What did I look like? She's like, Taller? Yeah. Because <laughs> really, she saw him kill himself. Yeah, dead in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, Richie, you grow into your looks. What but it was mean? nice to see the kids together again because that is my favorite part of the first movie. Yeah. And I'm glad there was a lot of that in the movie. Um, and then we hear Mike's VO scenes talking about dairy and we're seeing scenes from dairy and it's just kind of, I was like, oh, we're back in dairy. It warmed my heart. VO meaning voiceover. Voiceover, sorry. Yeah. yeah. All right. Then we see 27 years later at the bottom. Dun, 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 dun. And like Sarah Connor shows up. Dude, and we saw a, trail, a Terminator preview. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. So the next thing we see is the da- the Dairy Carnival Days. Dairy Days, yeah. Canal Days, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Festival. Mm-hmm. And then this is the first kill that actually takes place in the book, you mean? It is, yeah. Gotcha. And it's this is after Ad- Georgie. This is Adrian Mellon, yeah. Right, but it's the first of this adult, yeah. you know, adult, adult showing up. jumps around of, each yeah. chapter or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's Adrian Mellon, and he's at the carnival, and he's with his boyfriend, and they're just being themselves a couple in love in public and there are some assholes who have an issue with it and it adrian he's really sweet he like lets the girl the oh it's the birthmark girl yeah i didn't notice that yeah Yeah, i thought i recognized her and i couldn't remember okay but yeah no it is the birthmark girl and he gives her the toy that he won from shooting the clown mouth and blowing up the balloon yeah Yeah, and it's really sweet and it is very sweet yeah and then he puts the the hat on which is out of the book and then we've got this scene is almost exactly like is it yeah it's pretty brutal man those it is four, is it four brutal. guys who beat up three. the two it's three guys so mm-hmm. those three guys kind of follow the two the couple out right and then they sort of confront them and it's a hate crime they it, is. Them up it, for is. Being it definitely absolutely is absolutely a hate crime i honestly thought the guy was gonna die when they threw him over the bridge yeah. because he's like passed out right you throw someone passed out into water they're gonna drown yeah and, like they're I mean, dead it's it is brutal. Like they linger on him, punching him over and oh, over yeah. again. It really it's pretty rough, man. It is. One of the members of the couple was from, I think, New York. The other one was from Derry. Yes. Yeah. And, and they then, do say he grew up here. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the other people were also just from Derry. Yeah. And horrible yeah, people. Yeah, so they, they beat him half to death, throw him off the thing. Well, and his boyfriend goes and runs down trying to help him yeah. right. on some level. And then you see, like, from the point of view of the person who was thrown in, mm-hmm. he's, like, bobbing up and in and out of the water. And then you see Pennywise, and he's like, help me, help me. And I'm like, right. you don't want to get help from him then. <laughs> right. You do not, not want to go there. help you. And he just takes a big chunk out of, like, right under oh, his armpit. Oh, my God. I hated mm. that so much. What I loved was all the balloons, like, yeah. floating around the river. I thought it was so cool. And so then Mike... He had a much bigger role in this movie. He did, but I'm still mad about what oh, he yeah? did with his role. Yeah. Fair we, enough. We can talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it, yeah. So Mike is... 
is he's got a police scanner and he hears that there's a body found in the river and he goes down and he sees the scene of the crime. He sees a little piece of the balloon there and then he walks through and he sees on the side of the bridge it's written, come home, come home, come home, come home. Yeah. Now he knows that it's ever 27 years, right? Because they learn that in the first movie. Right. They so do. So he yeah. knows to expect it, but well, he's been preparing for this. He has. And they yeah. go, and that is different in the book, the way he is prepares. It? Yeah. So in the book, he's like researching and he's interviewing people who've lived in the town forever. And so the cycle repeats they sort of itself. Touched on that in the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's all these little interludes. And I think we talked about that in the first episode, but that's how he knows to expect it this mm, year yeah. because it's a cycle and we've seen versions of the cycle since like the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he knows it's coming. And in the book, there's a lot more lead up to this. Like there are yeah, a couple Mike of kids Mike holds that off calling until he's like knows for sure. Right. What happens is in the book, the boyfriend makes a police statement. He finds two mentions of the clown in the police statement. Yeah. Uh, that leads okay. him to call everybody. Okay. And look, as much as I say, well, in the book, there was a little more to it. They made some smart cuts to this movie because if they yes. had put everything in it, it would have been nine hours long. Yeah. And fun fact, the original cut of this version was four hours. Oh, so no. Yeah. They cut no. like an hour. And out. it still drags at the beginning. It kind of, I love it, but that's because I like I'm seeing this book come to life. I'm happy with what they cut out, though. So anyway, uh, Mike starts to, you know, news team assemble through yeah. the cell phone. Right. And this is a lot longer in the book. Yeah, I was like, so grateful it was. Short. 40, 50 pages for each character in the book. For each, and each I love character, it. Todd. I love it so much. Oh my God. Yeah, we get sounds... a lot more backstory. Here's what I horrible. stopped to read another book. Yeah. <laughs> Who does he call first? Bill? Bill. He calls Bill first. Yeah. And Bill is um, a famous Hollywood writer. Uh huh. Because apparently, and I learned this, if you're from Derry, but moved away from Derry, you're fucking rich and famous. No. So it goes into it in the book. If you have overcome an evil clown in Derry and moved away from Derry, you are really it, successful. In the book, Mike explains that it touched them and like wants them not to come back. So it like helped them be successful or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. What I love about this movie is the know. running joke of Stephen King writes bad endings throughout the whole book. I liked that too. Oh, it was the awesome. Whole movie. And Stephen King's in the movie and in that Set scene, it. he <laughs> says it. Yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. that was awesome. Actually, when we were leaving, Natalie, who's an actress, mm-hmm. was like, Stephen King did a pretty good job in that movie. He did. Like, I mean, he's just playing himself, basically. Yeah, absolutely. But that is a running joke about his endings. Yeah. And I think partly is because this is a particular book that gets a lot of shit for its endings. I think what you meant to say, it's a running truth about his endings. Yes, yeah, yeah, I yeah, agree. absolutely. For yeah. all his books, yes. Mm, for yeah. all his books. Okay, let me say for the record about Stephen King's endings. If you have read the book, you are allowed to think whatever you want about the ending. Oh, and- Mikey! <laughs> Not 150 pages shy of a book. But, uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. But, and look, as long as you're not an asshole about it, I'm not going to be mad if you disagree with me yeah, because Mikey. everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, all right, so let's, anyway, <laughs> we'll get yeah, there I when we get there. Let's move on. Anyway, it's a running joke that Bill writes, the, he, he writes books and they become movies. And right. then nobody novels. liked the ending no of this one. No one likes one the book. endings of any of I, books. I did like how he goes in, because um, Bill is a writer, right? He's like in his trailer right, trying He's to write. He's adapting his book right. to the screen. And then he walks on set and his wife is there mm-hmm. and she's clearly an actress in it, right? Yeah. And then 
out of nowhere, this director slides down from the top of the frame in like mm-hmm. a the director's chair, but it's like a the camera's yeah. attached to it and it's like moving it's around like and shit. Like he's fucking Galinda or something. Oh, um, so the good witch, yeah. <laughs> Except he's bad because he's like, I loved your I loved your book, but the ending shit. I lied to you. Yeah, I lied to you that yeah. I liked it. Then Bill gets the call, right? Bill gets the call in that scene and yeah. talks to Mike, and it seems like he does not remember Mike that well. Right. And it seems like yeah. everyone, which we come to understand why, and I'm sure if you've read the book, you know yes. why, but I didn't. I thought that they would still remember because right. I remember shit that happened to me when I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't have anything traumatic like a clown trying to kill me. So, right. yeah, I mean, I, I thought they would all remember, but because they have been away, they have forgotten. Right. And I'm sure that it has to do with the it making them successful and making them not have right. kids, mm-hmm. trying to keep them away. If they remembered about their promise, they definitely would have come back. Right. But it seems like Mike has to do a little bit of extra work to get them to come back. He does. And also their scars <laughs> that they created, they made at the end when they did their super unsafe blood oath. Yeah. Start to come back when Mike calls. And then who's the next person who gets a call? It's Eddie. So Eddie gets a call from Mike and Eddie is driving what appears to be around New York City. Yes. Talking to his, and his I'm only going to say this because they make jokes about it in the movie, his larger than him wife. Mm-hmm. Right. Who is basically his mom 2.0. Yes. Yes. So yeah. super concerned about his safety and he's talking about how I do risk analysis. Believe me, I'm much safer like driving in the rain <laughs> right. and not talking to you than I am talking to you right now. Mm-hmm. So he hangs up on his wife. Mike calls him and he's like, you gotta, you gotta come, come back. You gotta come back to Derry. <laughs> and he gets in a car wreck. And he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I do like how they go through all this real quick. Shit. Yeah. And then it cuts to Bill Hader throwing like, up. This is going to be confusing. Sorry. Bill Hader is Richie. Yes. My mistake. So it cuts to Richie like throwing up behind a club. Basically on the lens of the camera though. You don't see him getting the call. You just see him moments after getting the call throwing up mm-hmm. and then going on stage. I really like that scene. It was very Aaron Sorkin-esque because it tracks him from outside throwing up over the balcony railing or whatever uh-huh. and then all the way in and he's like give me a scotch or whatever and because <laughs> right. it was scotch and a mint and he's like well that was fast and he's like drinking it and then goes on stage it and was like an Aaron Sorkin walk and talk yeah, yeah. yeah it was I liked it a lot I did too yeah and it was I, awesome. listen I love Aaron Sorkin so. and I love Bill Hader and he really was awesome he's so good yeah and so, so then he says his name is Richie Troushmouth and when he says that it kind of starts to come back to him yeah and it's it ruins or maybe not ruins mm-hmm. the set but it cuts away from his yeah. stand up set but he says he's like oh fuck I forgot the joke like on yeah. stage that was <laughs> yeah. pretty funny alright and then we cut to a boardroom that says Handscum Architecture or something underneath it and we hand see scum? hand scum that's Ben's last name <laughs> oh is it hand I think you're scum. incorrectly saying Jerry O'Connell Oh, yeah. I re- refuse to call him Ben in this movie. You know, he there was Jerry a lot O'Connell. of talk about him playing older Ben in the movie, and they were no. Talking- he's too old now. Yeah. I mean, he did have that life. Yeah, he did. Because <laughs> he was big in Stand by Me, and then he, he got was. super sexy. And have super you not hot. seen Sliders, Mikey? Yeah, dude. Sliders. It's like quantum leap I've for seen millennials. Sliders, okay. It's <laughs> terrible after like the second season. It is. He was right. also in Scream too. I haven't seen he's it. Super dreamy. Oh, I love him so much. Yeah. What is with you today? I'm going to carve a T on his stomach. Ooh. For talk. Anyway, so I guess he's the lead architect of this firm. But we see a portly gentleman leading the meeting, and I think we're supposed to think that that's Ben. And then, no. But I've read the book. I have read the book. (laughs) But then they shifted over, and we see Super Dreamboat now, Ben, in his like teleconferencing in from his house. Yeah, Ben found out the magic of cardio and crunches. He did. And it goes into a lot of detail about that in the book, and I enjoy that. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. 
we learn from this scene that Ben is like the head architect. He has all the good ideas, and he's still really pining for Bev. Yes. Because mm-hmm. he kept his yearbook yeah. that only Bev signed. He kept his Horcrux in his wallet all yeah. these years. <laughs> he carried it with him, Mikey. He did. It he still wrote, isn't over. Yeah. He wrote you every day for a year. <laughs> Just like the notebook. Yeah. And then it's Stan. Yeah. Yeah. And Stan, his wife, lovely. They live in a be- yeah. big, beautiful house. They booked a trip to Bermuda, yeah, somewhere. Bahamas, but they were come on Bahamas. Go. I don't know, but maybe it was Kilo. <laughs> Buenos Aires, Montego. It was, it, it was Buenos Aires. You're right, nailed it. I was thinking Beach Boys. You were actually spitting fact. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then he immediately gets the call, and yeah. he's like, "Mike, oh, it's great to hear from you. Oh, he's back. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I'm definitely not going to kill myself. See you tomorrow. Bye." Yeah, but he seems like he remembers a little more than the other. That, yeah. That's what I. Okay, so I, you yeah. know, I didn't finish the book. <laughs> I feel like he does. That's too. not going to come back in the end. That doesn't it. come back like the letters. No, that's a. Th- thing that I'm pissed at the movie about because they made Stan the heart of it instead of Mike. Mike was the one that had all of that emotional connection. All right, cool. In the book. Yeah, those letters are not in the book. But it didn't Fair seem enough. like Stan just like remembered everything. He's like, yeah. no, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. But they give like in the book, Stan's story is really long. He's the first one that gets called in the book, too. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. They, like right after Adrian Mellon, it's Stan. And so and so Stan gets the call and it's like you can see it on his face. And so he goes upstairs and we're starting to see flashbacks of the um, the ceremony where they all cut their hand and they yeah. swear. And then he kills himself in the bathtub and it is really sad. Yeah. And the guy who he's only in it for like one scene, he does mm-hmm. a great job in those scenes. He really though. does. I yeah. think he's in two scenes actually, but he does a good yeah. job. Yeah. Well, and so in the book, this is like, this happens before we even know what Mike is calling about. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So this is like a significant part of the book because it lets you know what the stakes are and why they're, yeah. it doesn't tell you why they're afraid, but it tells you how afraid they are. Wow. So you go through the whole book knowing that he died at the very beginning of Yes! Wow! (laughs) That's what pisses me off. And none of y'all told me? And so now Bev gets called. Oh, yeah, she does. Yes. And she wakes up with her terrible husband. Bev getting called in the book is like its own novel. It takes like 200 pages. It is. Of course, because of how she grew up, she married an abusive man and he is very abusive. In Not the book. that you have to repeat the cycle if you grew exactly. up that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you're right. It happens a lot. Yeah. She did marry a horrible dude. It was interesting, though, because I like the way they did it in the movie. I haven't mm-hmm. read the book. She gets the call and like it's night. It's like late uh-huh. at night. So she goes off a away from where she's sleeping and her husband's sleeping just I thought to be polite mm-hmm. uh, and, and she's like sort of like whispering or whatever and then he seems super supportive when she's packing yep. and then it like turns mm-hmm. and you're like oh my god this dude's the worst yes dude and when she like they like he punches, he her, punches in her in the face, face. how yeah. dare you hit her in the face there's something really profoundly disturbing about that scene. It yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think what you mean to say is there's something really profoundly disturbing about domestic abuse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and let me say, because that scene in the book means a lot to me. There's a lot more of the story. It's a very empowering scene. I'm okay with what they did with it. I wish there had been more, but I understand why there wasn't more. But they also talk about the beginning of that relationship and how it kind of led to it. So there's just a lot more to it. But I will say Jessica Chastain doesn't really have a whole lot to do in this movie, but you can see how afraid she is in Mm -hmm. this scene. Like she does this amazing job of just kind of scooting back sometimes, you know, where you can tell she's married to an abusive guy. I mean, I love Jessica Chastain. Mm -hmm. She's amazing and she's an amazing actress. I don't know what it's like in the book. And I, I know like relationships can't start out being like traumatic and abusive. Some probably do, but usually that shift happens slowly over time, and then it gets to the point where your husband punches you in the face, and then you beat him 
in the face with pictures, leave your ring on the stairs and bolt. Well, and what I like about the way they do it in the book is that that's not the first time he's hit her. That is just the first time she's really fought back. Yeah. And yeah. so you see a lot more of that. And I it think, seemed like that in the movie. And it seems in the book like a turning point, like when she gets the call from Mike, it's like she remembers all the strength that she had. Yeah. And I understand why. And it's okay that they cut it. Um, Tom is her husband and he's a much bigger part in the book and I'm okay with them having cut all of that it, part. It, each of these characters and each of us have like an it, something in the past that you carry with you that comes up unexpectedly in the future that mm-hmm. you have to deal with continuously and it takes many forms and I don't know, I really like that idea and I, I took do. that a lot from the book and the movie and I will give it to you and I see why you love the book mm-hmm. because of that. I just think it could have been like focused more. So um, Bev beats the shit out of her husband, <laughs> leaves her ring and bounces. So now they're walking into the Barrens and I love it and I was so happy to see them walking, walking to through, what? To the, the Barrens. Okay. So that's where they used to play when they're kids. Is that where they cut their hands? Yes. Yes. Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, we see a bunch of water flow out, and then we see Henry Bowers. Oh, yeah. Because but he has not actually died. Yeah, but that was, it, it doesn't, does it say 27 years earlier? No, it's no. cutting back and forth okay. very quickly. Yeah, because that was yeah. Todd turned to me, and he's like, what is going on? Like, like, what the fuck? That's, that's Henry in the future. Well, no, it's not. It's Henry, <laughs> it's Henry from in the, the past. First, yeah, and that's one thing I'll say. Once I figured out the, how quickly they were going to cut back and forth, I really enjoyed how they did it. It's, it's always the kids they cut back to, right, so right, it's right. very clear, because it's yeah. the kids from the first movie or mm-hmm. the adult in this one so yeah. it's fine and i think they do a great job of mirroring the way the book does that yeah. so they show henry, henry bauer. bauer kind of coming up out of the sewer or just the water right mm-hmm. and then he walks back to his house yeah and he gets arrested by the cops who were just did. there investigating his dad's murder yeah and he gets pinned for all of the child murders oh does he in the original yeah they don't really say that in the movie, but that they makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and then we see him in his asylum. Went into a mental health facility forever. Well, not forever, forever per se, but until he sees a red balloon. Yeah. So he's seen, child Henry has seen the red balloon as he's getting arrested, and then we cut to adult Henry seeing it out I like that transition, I did too. So I thought that was so good. And yeah. I love when you see these balloons and they don't flow with the wind like they should. They just stay in place. So this balloon is like tracking through the windows, and <laughs> Henry's like walking around waving to it, and yeah. like smiling and like, He's excited. He's about to get out. Exactly. And so he goes into his bedroom. And so he sees the balloon stuck underneath his bed and he starts pulling on it and it's not pulling. This scared the shit out of me. Oh, Todd, you you were... There were so many moments that got we me. We all knew what was happening on the bed. So the balloon pops and we see old gross Patrick Hockstetter under the bed and he's got the switchblade that Pennywise gave Henry in the first movie and he's like crawling for it. It looks like he's about to like eat Henry, but he doesn't. He just hands him the switchblade. Yes. And then Henry, he turns it around and like hands it to him. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And he's like, oh, thanks. And then we get the Chinese restaurant and this is my favorite part of the book because it's when they're all back together and they're mm-hmm. reuniting and they're all happy and they're telling their stories. Granted, this scene takes half the book because each of them goes around the, this is where the book lost me. Each of them goes around the table, have a flashback for 200 pages, and then it comes back to the Chinese restaurant. Oh my God. That's exaggerating a little bit, but not a whole lot. (laughs) But I still love it. (laughs) Some people would say, I don't need this much backstory, but I love the backstory because I love the characters. Okay, so they're at the Chinese restaurant, they're all talking, and this is funny because uh, Richie's asking who all got married, and he's like, oh yeah, didn't you know I got married? Yeah, your mom and I are very happy. Yeah, man, that scene, there, there looked like there were some genuine laughs at that scene uh-huh. where like James McAvoy that legit looks like he's just cracking up at stuff Bill is saying. Mm-hmm. Bill Hader is saying. Richie. Yeah, Richie. It's so funny and it looks mm-hmm. so genuine. And 
which could be just great acting because right. he's a great actor, but so, it looks like they were just cutting up on set. So they're all sitting around having fun, kind of recapping their lives. Like, who yeah. got married? Ben lost a bunch of weight. And they're like, where's Stan? And in the book, Mike already knows that Stan's dead, but they don't know this yet. And so then they get the fortune cookies. So they're opening their fortune cookies. They're opening up their fortune. And I don't think this part was in the book. No. But everybody has just one word. This wasn't in the book? Mm-hmm. No. This no. part wow. wasn't. This part wasn't in the book. The creatures were. The creatures yeah, were the in the book. Yeah, the creatures were stupid. Well, that's why the, you can tell it was in the book. Yeah. <laughs> the fortune cookies. What did I say about not being an asshole about it? <laughs> the fortune cookie part was well done. It was super like, oh, shit. Yeah. You had, mean the words in the fortune yeah, cookie? Yeah, because we had just seen Stan kill himself. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, awesome. It was just so well done. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're all trying to find out, you know, what their fortunes spelled out because everyone just had one word. Uh-huh. And then they only have five words. Yeah, because Bev's still holding her. Right. And then we see Bev like crying holding hers and it's yeah. the word she has is Stanley yeah, it's and it's sad. like I guess can't Stanley couldn't cut it mm-hmm. or whatever it worked out to be but yeah it was so good and what was funny is one time Addie said or now is are they saying it like it it or like it in the but yeah and then uh, the fortune cookies become stupid little creatures and it's really dumb I like it in the book I don't know how much it worked although what I did like was them just destroying the room and then the waitress coming oh in yeah like, you know what's what super unrealistic <laughs> if a waitress walks in on you smashing a table with a chair and then you're like oh yeah can we go ahead and get the check please also how did they not <laughs> bust any of those fish tanks yeah Come it on. just took me out of the movie. It was unrealistic that they would have smashed that much There were some moments that took me out of the movie. I agree. And yeah. there were a couple of things that didn't quite work for me. Yeah. And this yeah. was one of the things that didn't work for me. I agree. It's not so believable, but I liked it. But dude, the, the fortune cookie words, so good. Yeah. I, I thought they changed all of it to that. And I was like, oh, that's a way better way to do this. Scene. I kind of yeah. did too. So then some of them are like, fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. And they like leave from but the parking lot. Not before a kid walks up to Richie and says something. Oh my God. This and was this, so funny. And then Richie just goes up and starts yelling hey, at this kid's kid. face. <laughs> it was fuck really you, I'm funny. not scared of you. That's also the kid who dies in front of Bill. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was the same kid. So that, that kid really has a happened. bad week. But so he's yelling at this kid, and it's a pretty funny moment. I like it's it. It's really yeah. any movie that yells at kids and like will cuss at kids and let kids cuss like mm-hmm. they did in the first movie. I yeah. like it. Now they're all mad at Mike, and this is something that bugged me because they keep getting mad that Mike lied to them, and I just don't like that they said that so much because I don't think that's I don't like how it, either it because feels in the book. No one would come to this unless he actually told them what was happening. Exactly. They'd be like, "Hey, come hang out with your. Uh, I need you to drop everything and." reunion with your middle school friends. Right. Oh, wait, what? We're not having a surprise party? Yeah. When he calls them initially in the book... He's like, it's back. I need you to come. And then people are right. like, what? And, and they remember on yeah. their way there. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't like how they were. They kept getting mad at Mike about this. Right. All right. So now we're at the baseball game. And is her name Vicky? Vicky. Yeah. So Victoria. Vicky. Yeah. But it's the girl who was given the stuffed animal uh, mm-hmm. from the couple at the beginning. Yeah. And she's got a big birthmark on her face. She's led away by a firefly, uh, by a Pennywise firefly. Yeah. Well, sure. It's I like mean, a magical one. Yeah. Yeah. The firefly leads the leads her underneath the bleachers and she's just following it because she's a kid and she sees Pennywise at the end of the, under this bleacher tunnel and she's like fuck this this is a crazy looking yeah, clown we're in the dark and you're under here then no this is not right stranger danger I'm out exactly and then he starts playing on her insecurities and saying people don't like me because of how I look because she's got this birthmark on her face yeah, and I think he's trying to connect to just be who you I are I really connected to this would that have worked on you Mikey yeah I uh <laughs> 
I don't know if you guys know this because it's a podcast. <laughs> I have a birthmark on my face. Yep, uh, it's beautiful, Mikey. And my mom calls it my angel's kiss. Oh, mama. <laughs> no, but Pennywise is like, they have this back and forth where he's like, I think my face is ugly. And she talks about her birthmark. Mm-hmm. And Todd turns to me. He's like, hey, you have a birthmark. I'm like, yeah, I fucking get it. I watched the movie. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, and so little Victoria gets eaten by Pennywise. Man, this and it's sad. scared the mm-hmm. shit out of me because he's like, I'll blow that birthmark mark right off your face you just have to come close mm. come closer come closer let's count to three and then he counts to two she said three mm-hmm. he like eats her face oh it was very scary it was yeah i hate it's it sad it was sad yeah it goes without saying anytime a kid dies it's real sad the next thing that happens is we're back at henry's mental living facility <laughs> I, I don't know what the right way to say it is mikey and he escapes yeah, he does. Because he, he has the knife. Mm-hmm. He did, Well, so the big guard that was talking to him earlier comes up and he's got blood all over himself and his throat's been cut. And then we just see Henry walking out and gets into a car. So with if, did you notice the fence was already cut? Yeah, the, because his henchman, mm-hmm. who's Patrick Hoxetter from the first one, cut the fence for him. It's not a zombie, Todd. That's it. it is, is it it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And he does try to kill mm-hmm. the kids. Now we're at the dairy house and they're all about to go leave because they're mad at Mike because he told them the truth and now they're just mad. Been there. Scared. Yeah. As a Mike. Oh, the people got mad at you? Yeah, yeah for, for telling the, the truth. truth. Yeah. About John and other things. <laughs> Bev is talking about how she's had visions of all of them die because she knew Sam <laughs> Yeah. And because <laughs> some of them are about to leave. Like, yeah. uh, Richie's like, fuck this, I'm out again. This is like the second time in the movie he's like about to leave. That's when she spills the beans to Ben because mm-hmm, he's in love with her. Yeah. yeah, and they have a little moment, but they do. He... Meanwhile, Bill has gone to Mike's library attic room. Yes, and this is strange, but I actually like how they did it in the movie. And I'm they glad did it differently they did. in the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's in like the, a whole smoke lodge in the book. Thing. They like Ugh. have visions as kids. Yeah, and I'm fine with ah, how they did it in okay. the book, but I think it worked. The way they did it for the movie works better than if they had tried to recreate it. Exactly. It would have been a long ass flashback. It yeah, I thought it was a little weird how Mike microdoses Bill, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. he would have this vision of how to b- defeat it. Yeah, another thing I didn't really like about Mike's character. It reminded me of the movie Training Day when Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Gets Ethan Hawke to smoke PCP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this movie's just like Training Day, bro. Bill's starting to feel real weird, and this is when he starts talking like his character from Split a little bit, and he's kind of having this well, yeah, he's like drugged, right? Yeah, yeah, he's having this hallucination, and this is how where it came from, and it came from like another. They never star. really explain it. They don't, and I'm glad they don't. They don't. It's a little more nuanced than just him being an alien, but yeah, that's kind of the the gist of he's it. Just. Again, evil s essence evil like the Balrog. If you want to understand more about what it is, read the Dark Tower series, which is not in the twelve hundred pages I've almost read. No, it's like fourteen hundred pages of read. seven other books, and it's pretty good. And then read my blog about it. Yeah, I'll just Google this later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I Googled what is it, and it's just not working. <laughs> Did you capitalize the I? And for some reason, it took me to that song, uh, What Is It? Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that, that's their inspiration. <laughs> what song is that? And so there's this whole backstory about how this Native American tribe understood this thing, and they tried to defeat it, but they couldn't because they didn't really believe. And Mike like studied with them and did yeah. the whole smoke lodge thing with them. And we see sort of flashes of that. We it's do. not like a flashback. 
back so much as they are just like little remembrances. And I'm not crazy about that. That oh, is not, not in the book. How do they figure out how to beat him in the book? Uh, they go to the library. They do, yeah. Well, and was, Mike does a bunch of research and interviews with old people yeah, from the town. So as kids, they like interview, they like research, like how do we beat it? And they're like, they're talking like some people do smoke visions or whatever. And, and so like they do it in their clubhouse. Yeah. And it's called the ritual of Chud. Yeah, they did say that. Yeah, they did. And so that's, and that's how they kill it is through the ritual of Chud. So Mike is saying they don't believe me. I Bill, I need you to be the leader and tell them that we have to go back and save them. And I think they're trying to make Bill a leader and I just don't think it comes out. In the book he has a moment like this but it goes better because he just goes, oh, I'm in to kill this thing. It still killed my brother and I still want to murder it. And I was like, all right, Yeah, that's good enough motivation for me. Let's do this. And the others were like, yeah. So now they're about, they're going through the Barrens and they go back to their clubhouse, which was like an underground clubhouse that Ben had built for them. <laughs> I did like how he found it. He was like, the door should be around here somewhere. And he like jumps and falls through where the door was. <laughs> and it's really funny. They've got a Lost Boys poster in the corner and I love it. So they're going to, into this place where they hang out and they go into more detail about that in the movie, in the book too. Um, I didn't think it was going to be in the movie because it was such a big part of the whole childhood story. Right, yeah. I didn't but it think wasn't so in the childhood no, movie. It wasn't, it wasn't no. I didn't at all. think it was going to come back. Yeah, I was surprised that it was in this one. Well, and so this is when we start learning about what we've been calling the Horcruxes, which are not yes. really in the book. So everybody's got their little... Wait, they're not in the book? No. Those, those things exist in the book, but they don't have to get them to and burn, burn them. them. Yeah. yeah, the way that ends is different. Really? Yes, that um, hairnet thing is not in the book at all. So they're in wow. there. okay. And I did like this part because um, Bill Hader is hiding in the corner of this thing and making oh, yes. man, I hated that. <laughs> yeah, he does his it impression yeah. and then does the little dance and I was like, this is amazing. So they get they find this can and Stan had given them all hairnets so spiders don't get in their hair. Which like shower caps. Shower caps, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is considerate. It is I very considerate. Spiders in my hair. Yeah. And this was another one of those little funny moments of like from the first movie where the kids are just kind of being kids and hanging out and having yeah. fun together. And it, it worked and I liked it. I mean, it was like a clubhouse of kids like, exactly. from middle school. Like, I right. like that part. Yeah. yeah. And this is where they're like, hey, guys, go get your horcruxes. Right. And then they all separate. Mike is like, we have to go on our own and mm-hmm. get our horcruxes. And Stan's asking them, well, do you think we'll still be friends when we're older? So. And everyone's like, yeah, sure. I'm sure we will be. And then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, uh, are your parents still friends with people they were friends with in middle school? Yeah. And Bev's like, what do you mean when you get older? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Because she knows. <laughs> so Mike sends them on their mission to dig up their yes. horcruxes. Not dig up, but uh, locate and find their horcruxes. Right. And yeah. if you're looking at this as the metaphor that I saw in it, this is like confronting your childhood memories, you know, and like I, really embracing them. I, yeah. Yes. And I, I like this because uh, Beverly's talking about her vision. She's like, eventually it kills them all because like, right. like, if it infects them like a virus mm-hmm. and then eventually it kills them all, like I guess suicide. Yeah. Well, and so they're also saying if we don't kill it in this cycle, we're not going to make it to the next yeah, cycle. We're all yeah, because they'll be. They would have been had they all lived in their 70s or whatever, right? right? Now we're going on the walking tours, which is like a whole section of the book. That's what the they call walking it. tours. Can I ask what do you mean by the walking tours? Is that okay. any walking they all tours split in the movie. up to go around town to find their like, so but those the, aren't tours. Like Bev goes to her house. Okay, well, it's, so she grew it's up a phrase they use in the book. The reason they do is because the horcruxes don't exist in the book. That is not a thing that they're searching for. But Mike does say, go walk around so you can start to remember more. Okay. Yeah. So I think the tokens that they're getting are just kind of made be a more physical way of showing yeah like a better way of telling the story but they do all go (laughs) they do all go around and start like having these memories and a lot of these are the same like bev goes back to her house and we see mrs kirsch and this scene is i really enjoy 
enjoyed this scene in the book and the movie. And it's oh, is it because there's finally some nudity? <laughs> uh, hello. Uh, hey, Todd, did you know porn exists? What? I, I gotta go. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, but yeah, we do finally get some nudity, and it's with a scene with Jessica Chastain. But it is not Jessica Chastain. Shh, I want people to go see the movie and then be like, <laughs> I was lied to. Oh. I think this is one of the scariest scenes in the movie. And Good so, God, I hated it. <laughs> oh my God. Had you seen the trailer? Yeah, I, I had seen the trailer, but... It was you still don't, scary. Yeah, you don't see some of this in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. so if you've seen the trailer, and hopefully, guys, if you haven't seen the movie, go see the movie before you listen to this. It's worth seeing. It is, And that's yeah. coming from me. I fucking hated it, but you should all see it. But she, like, is like, hey, I used to live here, and Miss Kirsch, is that her name? Miss mm-hmm. Kirsch lets her in, and she's like, yeah, let me make some tea or whatever. So she's like, go see the house. I'm going to make us some tea. So Bev is walking around the house. She goes into her old room, I think, right? Yeah. She, uh, you know, vandalizes she the floorboard. She puts a hole in the wall yeah. of a Stranger. Yeah. yeah, and then she pulls out <laughs> some cigarettes, Anything. her latchkey necklace, and then that postcard from uh-huh. Ben. Oh. Anyway, so Bev gets her her token or whatever it is, right? And then she goes back and is like talking to the uh, Miss Kirsch, mm-hmm. drinking some tea, and then she's like, "Oh, I put in some cookies uh-huh. that just finished. Let me go get them." And we're also seeing flashbacks of Be- young Bev yeah. and her dad. It's oh. creepier and creepier. And creepier. And just telling her a bunch of shit about how, we're not sure what her mom did. This is different than the book, but her mom either killed herself or left, and her dad is telling her it's her fault because she's worth I got the impression that she killed herself, but I it got could that be person. either or, you're but they right. Don't they don't really address say. it. But the metaphor that mm. I saw in this was the narrative that people tell you about who you are, and her dad yeah. is telling her she's nothing, and she's not as good as her mom, and that she ruined her mom's life. Man, I... I hated this scene. Dude. Oh, yeah. When with he all, sprayed all the perfume on Yeah. Him? Oh, and then she hugged him. Man. Mm. What the, else could she have done? I know. Oh, yeah. She didn't want to hug him. Yeah. That's what was expected of her. <sighs> Good that was, Lord. That was terrifying. It really yeah. was. They don't ever address it. I don't know if he actually got to the point where he was sexually assaulting her. In but the book, it, he doesn't. He was on that path. Oh, yeah. So when we cut back to Miss Kirsch and Bev talking and Kirsch goes off to the kitchen or whatever and then Bev starts looking at the photos and she's like, oh, is this your family? And she's like, yeah, my dad came my over here. My father. Yeah, my father, father came over here from wherever uh, with nothing but $14 in his pocket and didn't mm-hmm. get handouts like you guys do nowadays. And then she was like, oh, what do you do? Well, he, he worked in the circus. Mm-hmm. And then you see Bill Skarsgård. Uh-huh. Without uh, and, so much makeup on. Yeah, and it's like terrifying. And you see yeah. her behind Bev naked. You don't really yep. see anything yet. Naked, like peeking around the corner and like walking mm-hmm. across the thing. And oh, very the visit. It is very the visit. Yes. And and in this scene, uh, this is what was in the trailer. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in the trailer, you hear the go, 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 go. Uh-huh. And then you see it in the movie. And it's just this naked, giant old woman with yes. some swinging <clears throat> parts, parts to her giant. Like, yeah, she's probably like eight <laughs> feet tall. Either way, she's wrestling with a 85 oh, year old naked eight foot woman. And then she yeah. runs out of the room and suddenly she's in some old 1700s house and she sees Pennywise putting his makeup on and saying, you haven't been able to save them. Bev. So yeah, this is where I get a little confused. So like did Pennywise meet this guy back in the day and like steal his identity? 
No. Like Equifax style? Yeah, it's, it's, that's what happened. Pennywise came down on his asteroid thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then he emailed this dude and said, hey, I'm a Nigerian prince. <laughs> um, my dad was dethroned, but I have all these water rights. If you'll send me your identity, And he was I'll the first one to do it, yeah. and so nobody knew to be looking out <laughs> yeah, for Yeah, this is before that was a common thing, right? He right. was the first person to fall for it. So yeah. then he shows up as the clown, murders the clown, and Does then he explain the end of the book? Because I was like, oh, just, was Pennywise a real person, and then it took his identity? No, he he just, ma- I mean, he shows up in some cycles as a real looking person. Because our next flashback is Richie. Yay! Yay! So he's showing up at the movie theater and he's going to go play Street Fighter in the arcade game. And yes. then we see his flashback, which is Finn Wolfhard, and I love him. His name is Finn Wolf Hard. Finn Wolfhard. First name Finn, last name Wolfhard. Yeah, well, he, that's I, not a terrible name. No, it's great if you're a porn star. What's your last um, name? Wolfhard. <laughs> He should have been a porn star in 83. That's the fourth season of Stranger Things. This escalated quickly. <laughs> All right. Things get real strange. They do, yeah. Well, they moved to another town, so what's he got to lose? It's just called Stranger Things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm out. So, Richie is flashing back. He gets a token, which is going to be his horcrux. I was amazed that that machine still worked. I know, me too. Yeah. All right, so he's flashing back to playing a video game with a guy. Street Fighter, yeah. Street Fighter. And now Henry Bowers comes out of the movie and starts using some homophobic slurs that I'm not going to use. But it turns out that the guy he was playing Street Fighter with, who was very friendly with Mr. Wolf Hard right. earlier, now is like, I'm not your boyfriend or whatever because right. he knows Henry because it's his cousin. Right. Mm-hmm. So he knows if he doesn't like alpha man out right. that his cousin's going to make fun of him and he doesn't want to get made fun of so he deflects onto Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. It's a real Richie. intense situation for him just asking like, hey, you want to play again? I'll pay for you. I don't Whoa, feel like Mikey, be Mikey, I'm not your boyfriend. Right. Calm down. Second right. date, call you back, text you back. No. Yeah, listen. But yeah, no, I agree. I don't think it was he was being like romantic. He wasn't like trying to touch him or anything. No, he was just no. Being... I mean, he's like nine. Right. And until Henry started using those slurs and then he got really like shocked and backed out they started talking about I know your secret like I didn't think anything about it but this is the first time I started to think hmm Oh, and I really liked this part in the book. This is when he goes out and he sees the Paul Bunyan stuff. This was the scariest moment for me. Yeah, so kid Richie goes out because he's been made fun of and he feels like he's a loser. He's crying on a park yeah. bench. Yeah. He's crying on a park bench. He stares at the statue of Paul Bunyan. Mm-hmm. Did it bother you that Babe wasn't with Paul Bunyan? Let me tell you something. There's 50 pages of Paul Bunyan statue backstory in the book. What? We do see Paul Bunyan babeless. Oh, do you think that's a metaphor? <gasps> because Richie doesn't like women oh, slash babes. babe? <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Maybe. I, I need a shirt I mean, you it. with an ox on it that says, where's babe? Beep, beep, Richie on the back. So then we see um, ba- the statue is gone. And then I think it's Kid Richie looks up. It is Kid like Richie. Right on top of his face with that like Pennywise mouth. But the babe but statue. instead of teeth, it's like wood shards. Yeah. Oh, it's it. so cool. Oh, Dude, I literally really cool. like jerked. Like, ah! mm-hmm. At this point. Trying to stab him down with his Paul Bunyan mm-hmm. axe. Yeah. And then he opens his eyes and he's gone. Well, he, he lays on the ground. He's like, oh, it's not real. It's not real. It's yeah, not he's, real. Uh, he has to convince himself it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. And then it cuts back to Bill Hader as Richie. And Pennywise is sitting on Babe's shoulder with a bunch of red balloons. Yeah, right. Talking to Richie. Oh, because yeah. he's like, I know your secret. Yep. I know right. your secret. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Yep. And I really like how they did this because I was waiting for this moment for uh, Richie to stand up and say, I'm gay. 
kind of like in oh, Almost yeah. Famous, you know, and I'm so glad that they didn't do that. Not because I don't want to hear him say that. I just think it would have been cheesy. And I like that they just implied it more than made it this big coming out. No, movie. I was like, what is he talking about? And then I was like, did I not read this part? No, that's oh, not wait, the book. Oh, so wait, so you like that that storyline never gets resolved in the movie? No, I think it does get resolved. It does get resolved in the no, movie. No, no, no. He, ne- he never confides in anybody. Well, no, but I don't think that's still what the storyline is. Secret forever. I, well, no, I think he's admitting it to himself. You don't think he knows? I think he knows, but I think he tries to hide it. I think that that's his it. it. Yeah, that's what he's afraid of saying. When he yeah. like finishes the carving at the end, that's him being like, this is who I am. Yeah, I think so too. And I really like how they did it. Because I was waiting for him to just shout, I'm gay at the clown at the very end. Because, and I'm yes, glad they did it. The only other way that. to do it is to be like, yell at the other kids, I'm gay as an adult. And I think that cheapens the moment. No, the, the better way to do it is when they're in the water at the end, mm. be like, hey, I was in love with whatever his name was. But I think they knew. I think they could all kind of feel it. That's not how people work. He was just sobbing because he lost someone he loved. Yeah. If people had the insight to be like, I'm sobbing. But, but what you're I saying is you liked it because he was still in the closet at the end. I think it was a metaphor no. for him coming out of the closet to he, himself. But he never came out of the closet, and he, he didn't already knew say he it was to gay. other people. But I think there's there's more of the story. He could have been out of the closet before he got the phone call, and his friends just don't know. We'll Actually, he can't be because then it's not a secret. I think the metaphor I saw was that he had been trying to hide that from himself and not really embrace who he actually is. And I think that's what he did. And just because he didn't come out to anyone else that we saw doesn't mean he still didn't have a transformation. I, I think so I, I agree with that. Yeah. Vehemently disagree. He's still keeping his secret at the end of the movie. Maybe he goes out and starts talking about it in the world. Yeah. We and don't that, see that it. could be. Yeah. But movies should show you. Well, that might movie. be part of the hour that was cut. <laughs> That's honestly true. might be. Guys, the next part is Stephen King. Yay. Oh, my God. Stephen King's in this movie. He, and he's so good. So anyway, Bill is. is walking by like downtown Main Street mm-hmm. uh, Dairy. And he sees Silver in and he the, sees his like bike. pawn shop. Yeah. And he goes in and says, that's my bike. I want to buy this bike. And mm-hmm. Stephen King does a great job. And they do sort of poke fun at Stephen King because he knows he can't write. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this whole back and forth about, you know, not being what, able to what, write what, what, an ending. Let's, let's back up a little no, bit. This is the most <laughs> podcast world meta joke I've ever seen yes, with Stephen King. Because picking, we've been talking yes, about it forever. Ever, yes. And then Stephen King heard the show and yes. was like, you know what? I, I, I I'm, a, I'm a bad I writer. I do bad. Yeah, write bad. No. Yeah. But anyway, so Stephen King is there talking about how, um, you know, Bill, who is Stephen King's allegory in this movie? Yes. Bill is a bad writer because he can't finish anything. The very best part well. is like. Bill's like, do you want me to sign your book? He's like, no, I yeah, hated the ending. I hated the ending. <laughs> so he buys the bike. Stephen King like gets the bike down and like, like sets it up, bucks. and he gets him. He, he was like, you can afford it. I'm going to yeah. charge you a shitload of money, three hundred bucks. And he's just like, oh, okay, he has that in cash on him because he's a fucking Hollywood writer. Anyway, so he hands him the three hundred bucks and then starts to ride his bike down the street, and it's like all rickety and shit. Mm. And then he says uh, a reference that he would not get because he wasn't alive in the forties and fifties. Yeah, this is the that only really part. fucking oh, bothered Ohio me. Silver away. Yeah. Only part from moving the book from like the 50s to the 80s that really doesn't work. Well, that's not the only part that doesn't work, but we're about to get to that scene because he wheels up on mm-hmm. the sewer grate that Georgie was taken in yeah. and he starts yelling at it. Yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong, in the movie, he doesn't know that his brother died there. I can't well, remember. I don't know. It's taunted him so much with that. He may have. Yeah. We didn't see that, though. Maybe he's read so the book. So, we just see him. Yeah, maybe he read the book. So, we just see maybe him yelling at a sewer book. grate for no reason. I, in the book, actually, like this because you know the kid that comes up with the skateboard yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and it flashes back to it talking to him like why he chose him he's like you weren't there Bill but yeah. in the in the book he like the kid 
is like, I, well, I only hear voices in the bathtub. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he tells the kid, he's like, you stay away from Drake. Like, get the fuck out of he there. He freak out like, on the kid as much in the book. No, he grabs the kid's lapel and starts shaking him. And it's like, oh, yeah, he doesn't freak out in the book. In the book, yeah. he's like, stay away from all the drains. Don't go in the barrens. Don't talk to strangers and always stay with your group of friends. In the book, yeah. it's Jaws in the river that he's seen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he doesn't like yell in his face to leave town. No, he goes creepy Stranger Danger style on this. But this really would bother me in the movie because in the movies, Bill doesn't know where his brother was taken from. And so I can't I remember if this he was did real know. stupid. Well, I, because I haven't read the books, I don't know. Like he it's like a, a retcon that doesn't work. Yeah, or it does not. not. It's not like a, a huge plot hole for me specifically because I haven't read the book and I would never read the book. I wouldn't ever watch the movie either unless you guys made me. But like I, I was just like, why is he yelling at this? Great, he has no idea what happened here. That's interesting because it didn't bother me at all. And I think it's because I've just read the book. Exactly. So, you know, so um, now we get Ben's flashback and he is in class and he sees a turtle. And this is the only turtle we see in the whole movie, which I'm okay with. But you seem okay with it because that's a big part of the book that could have gotten. There's a turtle in the first movie. too. There are. Yeah. And there's a turtle at the end of the book that you haven't gotten to. yet. It's the space turtle that ties everything together and makes everything make sense. He's one of the guardians of the beam of the Dark Tower. What the fuck was just said? That's what you kept (laughs) wanting me to explain in the Dark Tower, which is why I didn't. But what is it? Did you? You didn't just make that up? No. Oh, my God. No, that's part of the Dark. I legit thought you made that up. No. Oh my god. Okay, okay. But what is it? It is like a side creature. He's just like kind of an evil, like a Balrog. He like, Thank you! Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. Like he is a bigger force, like kind of a demon, but he's not like essential to the structure of the universe like the turtle is. Right. So while Bill's at the Great yelling about Georgie, he's like reaching his hand down because George is like, hey, he's coming, coming, help me, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Like, he's coming clearly Bill has seen the first movie because he knows where that grate is, so he knows not to stick his arm in there. So dumb. But yeah, he sticks his arm all the way in there trying to grab Georgie because I guess he forgot that his, it's been 27 years since his brother's been dead forever. So he reaches down trying to grab him and then all these little hands grab him and try and pull him in. Yeah. And, and I did kind of like how they did that. I liked it better than in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. it just didn't make sense because there's no reason why he would be there. But then he pulls it out and he's got the boat that he gave Georgie that led mm-hmm. to Georgie being uh, destroyed. He's got his horcrux. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, now this is the first time that we saw something that bugged me in this movie. So the, a big criticism of the first TV miniseries is that Pennywise just yells at them a bunch and doesn't actually try to kill them. And I did see that a little bit in here. Like he, like Pennywise could have killed Bill when he was on top yeah, of Yeah, in the um, book, Pennywise tries to kill them all when they separate. Right, yeah, and yeah. I feel like he's just trying to scare them, yeah, but not actually try to attack them until they get to the Kneebolt Street. I don't know, man. He's been here for millions of years, completing the same cycle every 27 years. Yeah, he's just trying to mix it Honestly, up. I would probably want to die at this point. Yeah. He's just like... It's hard to deal with that time of the cycle. Yeah. Right, Jen? So he's just over <laughs> it. He just wants to die. He's like, man, I just got to scare these guys until they call me clown to my face, and yeah. then I'll just let them kill me. Um, so Ben is getting picked on in um, his social studies or whatever class. This and is a then, flashback. This is a flashback. Because it's little fat Ben. So we see uh, Pennywise's silhouette in the projector, but oh, just man, kidding, it's actually Bev. Or, or is, is it? Because it's Bev sits like, down. It's, it's not Bev. I was there. And she starts smoking in a classroom, which you cannot do. That's how I knew it was it. She smokes a lot Bev in this smokes movie. The entire book. So and when she, she saw smokes. her death, it was lung cancer. 
Anyway, so she's, uh, you know, lighting up next to Ben. Yeah, she's disabled the smoke detector, too. Oh, my God. And then she starts being, like, she's, like, leading him on and, like, letting him think that she's going to, like, be into him kissing her. And then she pulls back and she's like, haha, you think I would ever want to kiss somebody as fat and gross as you, which is been there. Oh, oh Mikey. Uh. Now, I knew that he was she was Pennywise because that's the point of this section of the movie. But this is not in the book. But it's like his fear that she'll never love him and he'll die alone. Been there. Yeah. Oh, well, Mikey, you're playing it out. <laughs> Don't worry, Mikey. I've seen your death. Oh, it's soon. Mikey is single, <laughs> ladies. All right. Anyway, how do I die? Is it so like what I thought? Uh, it's covered it's exactly in Cheeto dust and thought. sadness. <laughs> <laughs> no. So anyway, so Ben uh, starts just running out of the classroom because uh-huh. Bev like catches her hair on fire mm-hmm. and then starts to turn into scary uh, Ghost Rider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's like Ghost Rider. Bev is chasing him down the hallway and mm-hmm. Ben's running towards the well, exit and, then, and it's like chained up. And then I don't know if you caught this like during the chase he's taunting him about his poem. Oh, yes. Fires, my yes. January hair, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, that's why her head caught on fire. Yes. yes. Got it. Yeah. So he runs to the door, it's chained shut and then he sees his locker. Do you see there were like boobs drawn on it? Like yeah. I think they were taunting him because they- he's a Called bigger, him tits. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that's drawn on this locker, and he opens his locker and climbs in there. And like it's a, gigantic. Like an idiot. Well, it would have to be. He's a big kid. So he climbs in the <laughs> locker. <laughs> he pulls out her signature oh. of the yearbook. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's not Bev. Bev would never do that Aww. to me. Right. And, and then right. Pennywise is in the locker with him. I honestly don't know. I had my hat pulled down almost all the way this at this point. This thing was scary. Scary It was scary, shit. but why didn't Pennywise just kill him right there? Because Pennywise wants to die. Maybe Pennywise is tired. <laughs> That's the whole metaphor of the book. Is like Pennywise is tired of doing this. Yeah, he's given up. He's yeah. sick of doing come this every home, 27 come years. Come home, come home. His heart's just not in it anymore. No, he's uh, over it. He's been doing it for millions of years. Yeah. He knows Stephen King can't write an ending and is sick <laughs> of waiting for it. So he's just like, you know what? I'm going to let these kids kill me. Mm-hmm. I see what you did. Jen does not seem like she's on. Not board. falling for yeah. it. But listen, that's that's the way I saw this Hot movie. Take. Yeah, and I like it. <laughs> so now Bev and Ben get back to the hotel. Well, can we finish the the Ben scene? Yeah, so like, we? what? How does he get out of this? How does he, he get out of the locker? He runs, into he, a runs out of, he runs out of the locker. Pennywise chases him. And he that's runs into right. The so yeah, so he runs into the janitor, and then it cuts to Bev and Ben at the hotel. All right. So now Bev and Ben are at the hotel having their little talk. Is this when they have that moment where Bev is talking about the poem that he wrote? Mm-hmm. for? her, mm-hmm. but she doesn't realize it was him. Yeah. He, of course, knows because he wrote it. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about what it meant to him and it made her see Bill in this way that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. she has obviously had a romantic thing with Bill in her mind, but it wasn't Bill. Yeah, it was Ben. It was Ben, yeah. 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 And that it just made her feel special, too. And yeah. Right. It, like, as terrible as her life was, I feel like that was like a good thing she could hold on to. That's yeah. right. And Ben is about to say, hey, listen, that was me. Right. And I realize I was fat then, but look at me now. I'm pretty dreamy. I'm like yeah. Jerry O'Connell. Getting paper. Exactly. But he goes upstairs because Richie's like, fuck this, I'm out, right? Right, yeah. And fuck then Bill walks in. Yeah. And Bill's like, yo, what that poem do? <laughs> <laughs> he claims the poem. Uh, he doesn't. No. Uh, Bill, honestly, I don't think Bill ever knows that that poem was written because Bev never confronts so him about the poem, does he? In or the, does she? In the first movie, she looks at him and she says, January embers, and he's like, ooh. I just think he's like, what? But I don't think he really knows. I don't think he takes credit for it, though. No, he He doesn't. doesn't. The next thing that happens is we get Eddie's flashback. Eddie's. Oh, this is the pharmacy. Yeah. Oh. This part, this is probably my least favorite part of the movie because I just didn't understand. 
stand it. Man, all of these things dragged for me. They were so slow. Oh, man, you should read the book. Just, no, I'm never going to do that. So he goes to the pharmacy, and he sees old as fuck Mr. Keene, oh, who's yeah. the creepy pharmacist from the first movie, coming up oh, and, like, man. feeling up his face. Yeah, do, listen, if your pharmacist reaches over the counter and molests your he cheek. To, like, pop your zit or something. Oh. Oh. Well, he's trying to diagnose a mole slash could it be cancer? Mm. Yeah. Melanoma, yeah. carcinoma, something like that. Let's so, figure it out. Okay, I didn't really get this part of the book, this, this movie either. Yeah, so because then Eddie goes down into the basement and hears his mom asking for help. And then he creeps up oh, to this man. crazy curtain and there's like blood and like needles all over yeah, the it's place. Like, I mean, he is so afraid of infectious diseases. Yes, and I got so that. So I sort of got that. Yeah. yeah. But then his mom is behind the curtain, like strapped to this table. And the leper from the first movie is in the corner, like chained to some pole. And I just don't get it. The thing that I do think it was saying was He's chained to a pipe. He, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not a pole, a pipe. And he keeps coming closer and closer and closer and finally gets him. And so it's his fear of infection. And I think it's also um, his fear that he's going to have to leave his mom and his mom is not going to let him leave and he's going to feel guilty about it because he does leave his mom yeah, there to die. He's like, sorry, mom, but uh, I, gotta exactly. live. I got to. Yep. Yeah, I'm out. Eddie, as a kid, is confronting the leper attacking his mom and lets the leper kill. That his is mom. true. It is Eddie's a child. To, as an adult, he's down in the basement. The leper attacks him. He chokes the leper to death. He's like, yes, I fucking did it. Yeah. Not to death. Yeah, because then it pukes blacks of all yeah, over. Yeah, he chokes him hilarious. to play. Yeah. We hear just call me angel in the morning. Yeah, it's a weird oh, I scene. Did, it was, I didn't get that. I felt like, but I love James Ransone, who was the guy who played Eddie. I, think I feel great. like, oh, yeah. And I, I'll say this. The casting, I think, was amazing for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think he did the best job of being the character that was in the first movie. Yeah, and this is when... Oh, so, like him in the first movie. And he looks just like him yeah. too. Like when they like faded the faces in, they look yeah. just like each other. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we're back at the hotel and Bev and Bill are having their moment and they're remembering. Yeah, I mean, it really cuts away from that scene to show us Eddie's walk. And then it cuts back to oh, them yeah. in the hotel. Right. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. And he's just going to go upstairs and take a shower. Yeah. And it's funny. So then Bev and Bill. But this is where they have their kiss. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then they kind of pull back and I, I'm just not, I don't know. Yeah, it's sweet. It's, it's not. I like the way they position this because she ends up with Ben, right? Uh-huh. But they kiss in this movie, but it doesn't seem like romantic as much as it seems like them remembering yes. what uh-huh. happened as kids. So in the book, they have sex and she remembers while they're having sex. In, in all fairness, that is also something they did as kids. So it could have been them remembering that as That's kids. That's exactly the moment she so, remembers that. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Good catch on that. It doesn't really seem that romantic. It's just kind of no, like I mean, the nostalgia they thing. Yeah. Bill kisses her. She kisses him back. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's it. And that's it. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. And they don't address the fact that both of them are still married while they're kissing. Well, I got the impression that she is at very least separated. <laughs> it, yes. I mean, she left her ring on the stairs. When, yep. No, and, yeah, and in the book, it goes into a great detail. There's a lot more detail about it in the book. Yeah. I got the, the picture that she was single and... And ready to bend. <laughs> ready to bend? So now they see the skateboard falling down the stairs. And yes. it's the kid's skateboard that he saw in the street and accosted. Bill Stark, and then right. they see blood sort of trickling up, like defying gravity up, right? Uh-huh. So they turn it over. And I couldn't read what it said. It was too quick. It said you won't be there for him either or uh, something like that. Like yeah. implying you're going to let this kid down just like you let Georgie. Because this kid looks just like Georgie. It looks a lot like Georgie, yeah. yeah. But this is when Bill's like, you know what? Fuck this. He's not going to get another kid. I'm going to go save him. Right. 
And he leaves. He does leave. So we see Richie also leaving and getting into a car that may or may not have just contained Henry Bowers. And that's how he got here. Because now we see Eddie upstairs. Richie gets into his own car. Yeah, Richie gets gets into his his own car. The car right next to him is the one that Patrick Hockstead. Yeah, the other one's the Trans Am that he gets. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. zombie valet. So Henry is there. Well, he's not there anymore because he's right behind uh, Eddie in his bathroom. Yeah, Eddie's uh, cleaning off the black vomit. Yeah, and trying to talk himself down in the mirror hilariously. Yeah. And then Henry's right behind him and stabs him through the cheek. Yeah, stabs that him was right in the face. AF. It was. And I, was thought it? Gonna... I thought it was real stupid. Really? Yeah, this took me out of the movie completely. No, there were a couple of clunky... I honestly thought it was a dream. I didn't think it was a dream. Because, there... well, because you've read the book probably. But because he does not react like someone who just got stabbed in the fucking face. Yeah, there were a couple of moments where I'm like, are they Terminators now? Well, yeah. They can just pull the things out. Yeah. But, okay, and the thing about him getting stabbed in the cheek didn't bother me as much as Henry Bowers getting stabbed in the chest and then just pulling the knife out. Yeah. I'll say this about the Henry Bowers stuff. Henry Bowers is an undead chauffeur. So like I understand that there may be some like mystical stuff that's happening around yeah. Henry Bowers because it looks like after Eddie pulls the knife out of his face and gets in the shower behind the shower curtain mm-hmm. and Henry goes up to it trying to get his knife. He's like where's my knife and then he stabs him through the shower curtain mm-hmm. and then Henry of course leaves right and then he pulls the, the knife out of his chest. I, in my mind you could have stabbed him in the heart and then he pulls it out of his heart and he's still alive just because there's some it magic happening that's with true. Henry. So like that stuff didn't bother me as much as Eddie it was, was being, to tell, it was just harder for you to tell if it was a hallucination or not. Yeah, because yeah. Eddie was like being snarky. Like, yeah, the only moments where Eddie really shines is in like extreme crisis like that. You know, at the end where Richie is yeah. telling him like, yeah, 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 you're a badass. This is what you did. This, this, and this. You're and, like, braver this, than you think you are. Yeah, this is one of the moments where he was actually brave but didn't realize it. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next thing we see is Bill at the fair. And I really liked this part because that fun house creeped me the fuck out. So he's going through this fun house with all these neon clowns going into the house of mirrors and he keeps running into glass, which I thought was pretty funny. And uh, the mirrors are getting smaller and smaller and he's seeing Pennywise kind of walking behind him or we're seeing that. Bill only sees the kid. Yeah. Yeah. And we see so we see the kid who is not Georgie, but might as well be. He's Georgie adjacent for sure. He is Georgie adjacent. And so then Bill runs. So the kid is in glass. There's glass in between Bill and the kid and they can see each other. And the kid's like, what the fuck? Why are these grownups yelling and following me? And then he literally says, why are you following me to Bill? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, turns around and sees Pennywise. And this is when he's got it from the previews. He's got his tongue hanging out real low. And then he, this part creeped me out because he's just banging his head on the glass over and over and over. Shit. Yeah, that was scary. super creepy. And Bill is like trying to punch through the glass. He's doing his mm-hmm. best. And not making a dent. No. Pennywise just cracks it a little bit more every time. Yeah. Yeah. Until finally. Oh, this was mm. so brutal, man. Yeah, man. Just smashes his head through and chomps the kid. And then it like literally sprays blood all over the window or the glass that's between Bill and the kid. Right. Oh, it's gross. And then he's gone. So you could make the then argument who's gone? the kid like then yeah, the it, kid's like, been eaten right 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 but so it could have gone into magical it land or maybe it was an illusion. The That's whole time. I thought it may have been. And illusion. I think it's you think the kid ridiculous. was it the whole time. No, I think the kid was part of... 
I think the kid actually got eaten. Okay. Me too. I think the kid All right, let's, let's go with that. All right. So uh, what happens after the kid gets eaten All right. By so it? now Richie's driving away and he's trying to kind of talk through whether or not he's going to stay. And then he passes um, the synagogue that Stan had his bar mitzvah Oh, yeah, at. man. And we see Stan talking about, um, like, this is the day he's becoming a man. And then he, like, walks off and he's like, fuck it. I'm going to be who I want to be. I'm yeah. a loser and I'm always going to be a loser. And I liked that. It's not in the book at all. And I don't think Is it, it not? Quite, no. Wow. And it doesn't quite fit Stan's character in the book either. But I mean, I'll allow it. I'm starting to realize that all the things that I liked about the movie not were not in the book. Yeah, exactly. So they're talking about memories. And he's talking about how the things from your childhood that you take with you are the things that you wish you could forget lots of times. And you forget the happy memories and you forget who you were friends with. But what you remember is all the times people made you feel like shit. Yeah. And that's what I the big metaphor that I took from this is just all the times in my life that people made me feel like I was worthless and that I believed them and started thinking that I was and I'm not remembering all the good things that I'm that happened you know I've been talking about this stuff in therapy a little bit recently Clearly. so it hit me this was a good time for me to watch this movie but yeah so like what they're saying is the reason that we forget is because we're focused on the wrong things and yeah, we're we not trying exactly yeah. we're not trying to remember the positive stuff so now we see Mike back in the library and this is when a book falls off. This is where I went dun, to the bathroom dun, dun. so you guys have to tell me what happened. Yeah, I'm going to say, I didn't go to the bathroom once during this movie. I'm very I'm, proud of myself. Proud. I had a yeah. large drink. You did. Yeah. So Mike goes and picks up the book and it's like an old news clipping of when his family died, right? Yeah. And it said two crackheads die in fire. Did it say yeah. that? I think it said oh, two no. locals. Nope. That's Two what it says heads? when he looks at the book at the end of the movie after Pennywise is dead. Mm. In that scene, it says crackheads. Okay. Which I was like, oh, shit, that's super racist. Oh, man. But Fun yeah. fact. Uh-oh. Originally, they gave Mike a big drug problem in this adaptation. Really? Yeah. And they wow. cut it out, which I am really glad that they did because yeah. that is not Mike's character at all. Oh, and, that's weird because in the book, it's like he made the decision to stay and guard Derry. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He was the like the lighthouse keeper. Yeah. yeah. And his parents are still alive and they had a great relationship and they didn't die in a fire. And none of this is right because they fucked Mike's story in both movies. It pissed me off. Anyways. So this book falls off the shelf and then, oh my God, it's Henry Bowers. I think you think it's going to be Pennywise, but it's not. It's Henry Bowers coming to attack him and they're wrestling and fighting and he's about to stab Mike in the head and then chunk. Oh um, man, I love this scene. Richie like hatcheted him in the back of the head. And it's Wait, awesome. is that what happened? Yeah. yeah Richie saved oh, the you day. Missed the, I missed that whole fight. You missed the Henry death scene. Yes. Holy yeah. shit. It was good, man. It awesome. was good. It was real suspenseful and it was yeah. that thing where you don't see the wound, but you know something happened and and then you see who it was, and it was Bill Hader. Yeah. I love him. Ugh. And Mike, I do think, got stabbed in his arm. They're like, are you okay? And Richard's like, I think no, I just sli- killed a guy. I think it was like he sliced him. Yeah. I because he held up his arm to defend against the attack, and it sliced his arm. Not super bad, but he does have a bandage on for the what rest of the movie, the body? Kick it over. There are no cops in this town, so it doesn't matter. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, the cop was Henry's dad, and Henry's dad got killed yeah, by Henry. Yeah, so, since Henry killed the only cop in town, they haven't replaced him a cop in 27 years. Right, and it's dairy, so of course. Yeah, nobody cares. Gotcha. Right. Exactly. So now Bill is at the carnival and he's say, they're on the phone with him and he said, I'm going to go kill it. And yeah, because they were like, let's all get together and talk about how we're going to go after it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they call Bill and they're like, Bill, come to the library. And he's like, fuck. 
fuck it, I'm gonna kill it right now. And they're right. like, ah, shit. Have you not learned anything from all our walking tours? Is that we are powerful when we're together, and yeah. that when we're separated, that's when we get fucked up. But Bill's saying, I don't want you guys to die too. I'm not taking you down with me. Yeah. So I'm gonna go by myself. And they're like, well, fuck that. We know exactly where you're going, so we're just gonna show up there too. Yeah, and they do. So Bill goes to the house, and then they all roll up right behind him. They do. Yeah, and this is the speech on the front porch was one thing that just kind of didn't quite work. I don't think me. it worked either. Yeah, yeah because the, one of my favorite parts of the first movie is when um, Richie says we're going to go kill this fucking clown. They try to like allude to that and it just doesn't work here. Uh, or Bill's on the porch and says, I think Richie said it best. And he goes something about his dick. Yeah. Or like bigger? he has two takes that are like supposed to be like funny. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. It, I don't know. I sort of found it a little funny. I, it was pretty funny. It's not that I didn't think it was funny. It's that I didn't think it, it wasn't quite as, worked. It was not inspiring as the first piece. And it's like if you've ever told a joke and you think somebody's going to jump in and finish your joke for you and they have no idea what you're talking about. You oh, know, I've never done that. that. I've done that all the I time. think there's podcast evidence yeah. of that. <laughs> I mean, and if I didn't edit, there'd be a lot more. <laughs> right, right. So, so now, Bill, they're having their speech and they're walking in and somebody says, beep, beep, Richie, and I love it. So yeah, Bev says that. Beep, beep, Richie, I yeah. love it. Yeah, um, That's the only time she says it in the movie. Uh, yeah, I think somebody else says it at one point too, but you don't hear it nearly as much. No. So now they're back in the house at Kneebolt Street. Yes. And so this is something that I really liked how they did because there's a scene in the miniseries when they open the fridge and Stan's head is in the fridge. And... I think what they did here is they had the fridge and in the first movie, Pennywise climbs out of it. And in this yes. movie, it's the same body all crumpled up, but it's Stan and not Pennywise. Yeah, it's Stan's head rolls out of the fridge. Yeah, his yeah. head rolls out. And I love that nod to the miniseries in a way that I felt was updated and worked. I really sure, liked that I, part. This whole scene worked for me in a yeah. very scary way. At this mm-hmm. point out, this movie is pretty intense. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. And but they're separated, right? So right. Bev, Ben, and Mike are in a room and... Pennywise is carving on Ben's stomach. What does it say? Mm. It's it's home like, at last. Yeah, home, home at last. last right, yeah. carving it on his stomach, and so they're having to deal with that. Wow, Richie, Bill, and Eddie uh-huh. are uh, fighting Spiderhead. Spider it's like yeah. the thing. Yes, oh my absolutely. god, it's Very the thing. And all these spider legs start crouching out, and then like going all over the place, and it is really freaky. And I really liked this. Yeah, part. it was very scary. It was hard yeah. for me to watch. It was. Yeah, it's then. Taunts them verbally as well. It's yes. very scary. Yeah. Well, he said, if you were here, or I'd still be alive if not for you. Oh, yeah. So yeah. he's just playing into Bill's, Bill's guilt. But that's before it turns into Spiderhead. But, right. And once it's Spiderhead, it's just trying to eat everybody, yeah. right? Yeah, once it's Spiderhead, Bill recognizes that statement for the manipulation that it was, and he's over it. Now it's just a spider. <laughs> right. He's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to kill right. you. So anyway, so the spider's like chasing them around, and then it hides, and then they, he walks over to Eddie, because Eddie's like frozen in the corner. Richie does. And he's like, hey, man, are you okay? And then he sees the saliva drip down between uh-huh. them. And then they look up and then he goes, oh, that's where you got off to. Right. And then it jumps on Richie and it starts trying to like bite his face. And it's got its arms all around Richie's face. And it's trying to like pull him closer and closer. And Bill is trying to pull it off. And Eddie is frozen. Yeah. And Bill's like, get me the knife, you jackass. Because he's got both of his hands on the spider and can't let any of them go. Right. Or it'll eat Richie's face. And at this point, they figured out how to, when I say they, I really mean Bev figured out out how to defeat Pennywise in the other room because she looks in the mirror and she can see. It's like a reverse vampire. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't see him in the reality we're in, but if you look in a mirror, you can see him. So she goes up with the thing she got off the fence outside that they actually used in the first movie to stab him and she breaks the mirror. Yeah. And then 
the writing on Ben's stomach goes away, which mm-hmm. is fantastic because you don't want to ruin abs. those beautiful abs, right? <laughs> and then it it cuts to them trying to get into the room with the spider and Bill mm-hmm. and uh, Eddie and Richie. And Ben stabs the fuck out of that spider. Yes, yeah, yeah, Ben pops over and stabs the fuck that out of the spider in the head. Spider. Yeah, and then it stops trying to eat Richie's face, and then they let go of it, and it's sort of like spiders off into the other room. And then they go into the basement and see the well. Yep. And then they climb into that shit. Oh, but first Bill's like, Eddie's like, please don't be mad at me, Bill. I was just really afraid. Oh, yeah, because Bill is like yelling at him. He and is. then once once That's Eddie says that, Bill. I don't think book. so, man. I feel in like he's book, all, am- oh, okay. I think he's all amped up on like adrenaline. He comes over and yells yeah. at him. And then Eddie's like, I'm so sorry. I'm, you know, I was just yeah. so scared. And he goes, you know what? That's what he wants. That's what he wants. And he wants to separate us. And mm. we're not going to let that happen. In the Yeah. So now they're back. They go down the well. They're back in the sewers. They're back in that big like silo room from the first movie where Bev was in the deadlights. Yeah. And where the. Um, Except it's flooded. Where the wagon was, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it is flooded. And they go like wade over to the um, wagon, but Bev hears a voice behind her. Yeah. And, and I thought it was going to be her husband or like it pretending to really? be. Really? Oh, husband. I got you. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ben hears that. And what what is that? It's, is there it's a Miss Kirsch. Thing? Remember, it's old, naked, big Miss Kirsch. Oh, my God. Around. That's right. That yeah. scared the shit out of me. And it pulls her under. And, and Bill everybody immediately but Ev- jumps in. Yeah, Bill does. And Ben does, too. And yeah. actually, everybody does. But Eddie, and he's still up on that wagon area, oh, just kind of, like, afraid. Yeah. Singing wagon wheel, yeah. hoping they come back. Yeah. And they do. <laughs> and then they pull her up, and everything's fine. And they're like, where do we go next? And then it just, this was a weird cut to me. They're standing on top of this trap door and they're looking down. They're like, okay. They op- the- no, that trap door is into the wagon. Right. They so climb they, into the wagon. And they go in and this is when Richie and Eddie have their sweet moment. And it was funny too. So Richie's like, who killed a clown before he was a preteen? Who uh, got stabbed in the face. Yeah, because Eddie's like, I can't go down there. I'm too scared. I won't be any good to you down there. I froze. And he's talking about all these brave things Eddie is doing. He's like, who married a woman 10 times his body weight? (laughs) (laughs) But Eddie's like, I did. I did, yeah. yeah. And so he's like, and you're braver than you think. Big girls need loving too. They do. Oh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying, I don't think Eddie ever really loved her. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, they laugh their way into going into, they the, do, the, scary into place. the murder room. Yeah. So they go down. So they open the hatch and it's like t- it's not tunnels. It's like rock caves. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like the descent a little bit. It is very descent. And so they get into this giant room now that's been under dairy this whole time. And it's like it's got lots of spikies. It almost looks it like it looks like the comet, the meteor from Armageddon. Ooh. It was like an asteroid. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It was like an asteroid impact site. Is what it looked yeah. like to me. Yeah. Yes, which is what it is. Yeah, because he's the mythology of this. Mike has brought his little artifact thing, the which, little leather Louis Vuitton bag. Yeah, yeah the so Horcrux burning Louis Vuitton yeah. artifact. Yeah. So they burn all their totems. Right? They do. And they get in a circle in the middle of the thing, the asteroid. He's like, we've got to make it take a form, so we're going to burn all our stuff and hold hands. Right. And they wa- and they go around and tell what each of the things yeah. are. And Ben was like, I didn't have to find it. It was in my wallet all this time because I love you, Bev. But he doesn't say that yet, but he says it with his eyes and his heart. All right. So they all burn. He's <laughs> like, all of these crunches were for you, Bev. <laughs> and they burn Stan's cap. And this was funny because they kind of got in a little argument about shit that would or would not burn. Yeah, because yeah, I thought it was funny. Um, Eddie put in his inhaler 
uh, Mike puts in a rock, <laughs> which I like. That was my favorite totem was the rock. But, I did too, because I mean, that's one burn. of my favorite parts of the book, the rock fight Me scene. Too. And that was yeah. a very powerful. And that is the moment where they all come together. Yeah, as it's, a that's group. the beginning of the Losers Club. Yeah. But it's not about actually burning it. It's about putting them in there and then calling down the deadlights, right? And right. So they call down the deadlights. The deadlights go into the Louis Vuitton never full bag and they put the, the top on it. Or do they? Because uh, a, so it, a balloon it's just stops the deadlights? Them. Yeah, it's just the deadlights. Yeah, kind of. Okay. The deadlights are in it. The deadlights are not in it. It's complicated. It's like your Facebook relationship status. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they try to close the Louis Vuitton Everfull bag, and then it the balloon pops out of it, and they can't close it. And then yeah, it, bu- it, it builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up, and then pops, mm-hmm. and then Pennywise is back. Right. But he's a giant... Pennywise. He is a giant Pennywise. Yeah. Well, now, before he gets giant Pennywise, he's like, Mike didn't tell you something. Right, which bugged me because yeah, what like, the what? fuck did they not tell? Oh, that all of the, the native tribe died yeah. trying to kill it, which of course they did because they didn't kill it. Yeah, but the whole thing Mike was saying the whole movie was we have to get him into his true form before we can even hurt him. Exactly. So and they've got him in his true form now. They like, have. So now my, it almost looks like Mike is about to like sacrifice himself and just yeah, kind but of Bill divert like, him. Yeah. Bill's like, no. No, not today. Yeah. And then they all run off and separate. Oh, yeah. Bill. Yeah. Bill goes into the water and he comes back up in the basement of his old house, yes. which is a scene we saw in the first movie. So he goes off by himself and then we get Eddie and Richie off by themselves uh-huh. and Bev and Bi- Ben. Oh, man. This all really works metaphorically. I think so, too. And it also, let's say this, this cuts back and forth a lot. So let's talk about each one of these things. Yeah. Separately. Let's, let's do Bill first. Since okay. We mentioned him first. Yeah. So let's do Bill. And this is one of my favorite parts in the book, and it's nothing like what actually happens in the book, but I love the... Really? Yeah. It, the feeling of it is the same, sure. but it's basically Georgie, him confronting the fear that it's his fault that Georgie died, yeah. Yeah. which is what which is, he is yeah. most afraid of And in the he book. literally has to kill Georgie's accusation that it's his fault. Right, he exactly. He literally drowns Georgie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then shoots the version of himself with that little cattle killer gun yeah. that yeah. is saying it's your fault. Such a good metaphor for the, the demon he brings from his childhood, which is, yeah. if I didn't pretend to be sick that one day, that my brother would still be alive. Right. And he says, like, he said stuff that I've said to myself in therapy. Like, yeah, you did that thing, but that doesn't mean you deserved all of this. And it doesn't mean you intended for that thing to happen. And forgive yourself. I think I related to that one the most because um, I struggled with that a lot growing up because I wanted to go to Wendy's after school and before band practice. And it was on the way back from Wendy's that we got in an accident. My brother died. Okay. I, so, like, I, I yeah. struggled with that a lot growing up. So, I connected like with that story a lot. I also struggled with that, too, because uh, one of the things that happened to me in my childhood was I figured out that my dad was having a bunch of affairs with my mom at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I t- made the decision not to tell anyone about it. And I felt, I tried, I felt like I made the decision to try to protect my brothers. But then, uh, it all blew up, so I always blame myself for not not telling them back then. That's similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because both of you rationally know that neither of those things are your fault. Right. But well, that's not the part of your, you, like you react, part of yourself feels like it well, is. Well, I, I definitely was, feel like Mikey's the reason his dad was cheating. <laughs> I never felt that guilt. I felt, <laughs> oh, okay, I felt okay. like I could have better protected them by telling the truth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's hindsight bias. It's expecting yourself to know things that there's no way you could have known. Yeah, like there's no way I would, I would have right. known that exactly. my brother was going to die. Well, as I explained it at work, yeah. it's like logically, you know, you're not the fault of the accident. And logically, yeah. I know I couldn't have better protected my family. But when you're 15 and that shit happens, like you still yeah. feel those feelings. And like, you yeah. carry those yeah. feelings with mm-hmm. you. Like I'm 
not in my first marriage anymore, but I still get those feelings and I have to remind myself I'm not there anymore. I'm in a different place, you know? Let's do Bev and Ben next. Okay, because I did really like this, probably just because I love Bev and Ben so much. Um, So Bev and Ben run off and they're together for a minute and then they get separated and Bev is back in her the bathroom, sort of the high school stall. bathroom, right? Yeah, from yeah. the first movie. Her, that's her introduction to the first movie is when they pour. Oh, trash that's right. Water that's right. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. And Ben is back in the clubhouse that he has built. And right. I saw Ben's thing as like I, I can't build all these structures to keep myself safe, and I'm going to die alone. Sure. Well, I mean, he literally gets buried by himself. Yes. And Pennywise even says that you're going to die. All alone. those crunches for nothing. You're still yep. going to die alone. Yeah. Yep. But Bev's is the one, of course, that I really related to because she's got all of these people trying to bust in and tell her these things and try to get her to try to tell her who she is Mm -hmm. right yeah Yeah, and what she's worth and try to manipulate her by telling her all of those things and the blood is filling up the stall as ben is getting crushed by the dirt of literally the ground underneath him bev is about to get drowned in blood (laughs) and like bev's metaphor works better because ben Pennywise actually just has to come, come up there and explain it. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, right. like, uh, basically, Ben, this all means that you're going to die alone and no one loves you. I just had to tell you in case you didn't get it. Bye. And then he closed the door. What I yeah. thought at first was it's like the fear that he's not a good architect. Yeah, that's structures. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you don't clean this up. So Pennywise is like, I don't want you to like, don't right. think this isn't poetic. Right. 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 You're a great architect, <laughs> but you're going to die alone. Because you don't be loved. You can't even say right. it. Maybe his fear is that he is not able to support support people enough but he does because this is he literally reaches out and tells Bev he loves her well because he starts saying her his poem yeah and she hears well he actually says I love you Bev that's how he starts it he goes Bev I love you and she's like I'm a little busy right now with my own shit (laughs) but his fear is not being able to say because how many times has he wanted to tell Bev many times in this movie and and more in the first one and he doesn't so when he finally does and that's when she hears him and she is listening to all these people trying to beat in her, beat down the door and tell her how worthless she is. And then she finally hears somebody who truly loves her and truly cares about her. And that's what she hears. And that's what pulls her out. And that's when they can connect and pull themselves. And she pulls him up. Yeah. She pulls him out of the dirt, literally out yeah. of the dirt. I think it works great. I, I thought it was too. great too. It's real sweet. Didn't hate it. But then we've got um, Eddie and Richie. So this yeah. works well with Richie being gay. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved this part. This is one of the times where the okay, humor really works. Full disclosure, I had the hat completely over my face for the very first door, which is, I believe, very scary. Mm-hmm. And they're like, which door should we open? Because it says, not at all scary, scary, and very scary. <laughs> and Richie's like, he's fucking with his man. We got to do the very scary door. So he uh-huh. opens well, it. Well, because in the first movie, they picked not scary at all. Yeah. And it was scary. Yes. yes. And But when they go to very scary, I pulled my hat all the way down okay, over my face so I couldn't it, see it. It's a closet. They reach in and they turn the light on. And then uh, in the oh, so in the first movie, it was a girl hanging in. Her legs were gone. Yeah. And in this movie, the legs are there and they come running up. And so then they close the door. Terrifying. I know. Yeah. I don't know. Then, I'm a leg guy. <laughs> I didn't realize that when you said that it was an only leg guy. <laughs> oh, I got some mannequin legs. I can let you borrow. Ew, why do you have mannequin legs? <laughs> we don't have to break down every joke. Again. <laughs> Let's not unpack that. I got to go. Right. So then they open. I can't remember what's written on this door, but not I at all scary. love this because he had talked about about maybe the form taking the form of a Pomeranian. Yeah, its final form is a Pomeranian, like and a small dog. I didn't dog. think it was that funny when he said it the first time, but then he opened the door and it's this tiny little Pomeranian. This is funny because he's like, oh, fuck this. Right, yeah. right. And he's like, <laughs> it's like, I know you're a 
monster. Your like, monster. Yeah, <laughs> I know your tricks, you little bitch. <laughs> and then Eddie are talking, they're like, well, sit. And then it sits. Yeah, the dog sits. <laughs> they're like, well, that's and then, cute. That is really like, oh, it's so cute. Oh, good boy. And then it transforms <laughs> into a monster and scares the shit out of Todd. I know. And my hilarious. favorite part is like when they're like running away from the three doors, he's like, next time we should just pick scary, regular scary. And, yeah. Bill, and Richie's like, next time. <laughs> yeah. So now Mike is staring down Pennywise because Mike doesn't get enough of a fear to have to overcome because this movie doesn't care about Mike. <laughs> Mike literally says like, I don't have to run because I'm not scared of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Jen just rolled her eyes aggressively. I really did. <laughs> movie. There are a lot of things I loved about this movie, but again, the Mike thing bugged me. Yeah. Right. Um, so now um, Richie is about to go do the dance and like distract Pennywise and then he gets sucked into the dead Man, light. that escalated quickly because really Richie did. is like giving Pennywise shit uh-huh. and then out of nowhere he's flying Floating in the deadlights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we see Eddie and the spear is glowing. But so he throws the spear and he. Um, it hits him inside the mouth. Hit, yeah. And he starts to stumble and he falls back. He being Pennywise. Sorry. And he yells and in he, pain. He's like. Rrr. Well, yeah. And then he falls back on one of the spikes. Yeah. He, he stabs himself on yeah. the iron. Yeah. Throne. And then Eddie. <laughs> and then Eddie's like, I think I killed him. I think I killed him to Richie. who's uh-huh. like laying down trying to come out of the deadlight trance or whatever. And then boom, he gets stabbed the stomach by Pennywise's spider claw thing. Ah, yes. And like sucked back up. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sad. It is real sad. Pennywise dangles him in front of everyone and laughs, Mm -hmm. like trying to scare everyone and then throws him. Yeah. And Pennywise is trying to get off of the, where he's impaled. Mm -hmm. And while that's happening, because Eddie gets thrown down like a little sort of cave or antechamber off the cave, right? And so they run over there and they're talking to him and they're like, you're going to be fine, you're going to be fine, you're fine. And they're trying to like pack the wound with stuff and... Um, but he's not going to be fine. No, he yeah. he's definitely not going to And make Richie it. is very upset about this, yes. too. And this is what, not that it's not something to be upset about, but he is noticeably more distraught about this than the others. Yeah. But they also have this revelation that Pennywise has to abide by the rules of whatever it inhabits. Yes. And they got to make it small. Yes. So they're going to go through the entrance. They went through the cave because had, they had to like sort of like squeeze through it. So right. it's like a very small opening. So if they can get Pennywise down to that size, they can kill him. Yes. Yeah. But before they run over to do that, Eddie says, hold on, hold on, Richie. I just wanted to tell you that I fucked your mom. And it's <laughs> like, I think it's kind of how he says, I love you. Yeah. And like he can't really say it, but it's like their last kind of moment with each other. And it's, yeah, it sounds crass, but it's it works. I think it's sweet. It actually does work. It does yeah. sound crass, though. You're right. <laughs> right. Anyway, so they, they're like, OK, we got to make it to the entrance to this. Yeah. And Pennywise is trying to dig down to the cave they're in. So they kind of go out another way because Ben finds another way out. And then they start running to the cave and Pennywise sees them and then jumps in front of them. Yeah. And then they're like, you know what? There's another way to make someone small. And they're like, oh, shit. We just need to be a bully. So they become the bully and they sort of bully Pennywise into sadness. Okay, here's why this worked for me. And this is specifically. Oh, this is going to be. Failed it for me. <laughs> I think I'm going to take more inside. But I, we'll that's, see. that's totally fair. We'll see. Yeah. The reason this worked for me is because of some. I just watched this at the right time because just the other day in therapy, I was talking about how like I had always given my first husband so much power by being afraid and saying he he's angry 
And what I realized the other day was he wasn't angry. He was afraid. And that was turning into rage and that there's a difference between anger and rage and that rage is just impaired fear. And that fear was what was really driving this. And I think that's what they're saying is like they're taking their power back and they're And when you take your power back, you lift yourself up and you lower them. So he's not this towering figure over you anymore. Like you become the person to be feared. And I think by confronting this and saying what it actually is saying the truth of all of this stuff like you're just a clown and i see what you're saying I like mean, you, he's saying insulting I'm not, things i don't disagree with you but the way they do it is by verbally abusing and bullying pennywise i agree i think I so think, i think that i i don't disagree with the metaphor and if they had done what you just said i'm on board for it but they didn't they verbally abused him and called him a clown and we're just making fun of him and which i don't care i don't feel bad for pennywise right right but they're just it's just a shitty way to display the metaphor because I, I agree, the metaphor you just laid out, if they had done that, would have been awesome. But that's not what they do. And I think what they're doing here is they're taking those insults and they're hurling them back. And that may well, be... Well, no, they're actually pointed insults at Pennywise. Well, that's what I'm Pennywise saying. Pennywise never called them a clown. They're not taking the power back from Pennywise. They're just directing it They're just it verbally somehow. abusing Pennywise. Which, again, I don't give a shit. Pennywise is not to be... I, feel, I, you're not supposed to feel bad for Pennywise. But, but it just metaphor, it ruins the metaphor. Yeah. I, see, they, I see your point. This is kind of how they confronted it in the first movie, but it did a better metaphor because it turned into each of their fears and they confronted it like that. I think Mm -hmm. if they came out of these separate things where they just confronted their demons and started saying that shit to the big it, like, I didn't kill my brother or you're not going to make me sick. Right. Or or, I'm I'm, gay. Right. This would be the time. Maybe not even I'm gay or I'm okay with who I am. He doesn't have to say it, but him just accepting that he knows that. Richie is the he in that Right, right, Right. exactly. Or Bev and Ben Ben being like, you know. I'm in love with Bev. Right. Yeah. And and Bev being like, I deserve love. Yeah. Like saying stuff like that. And then if that made it smaller, I think that would work a little bit better. Yeah, because that would actually line up with the metaphor that Jen was explaining. Well, and I think if I look at my personal feeling, too, I think finally being able to accept express that anger that you've kind of buried for so no, that's, long. That's a good point. It Like that's not this quite the same as like verbally assaulting or bullying. It's finally like letting all of that out. And yeah. Saying, and if they had done that, I'd have right. been on board for it. And but I, they didn't do that. I understand your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I, Cause I like kind that of just, metaphor. Yeah. But I, they didn't do that. Well, and I was caught in a lot of feelings. Well, so I didn't really hear a lot of what they were saying. I just heard them say clown a lot, which he was pretending to be a clown. So, I think it still works. You're kind of nitpicking a little bit. I don't think it works because it, they literally turn into what he had been doing to them to beat him. They don't overcome it. They become it. And that's a problem that I have with the new Halloween remake specifically. But I see what you're saying. It worked yeah. for me in this moment. But I I can understand that reading of it, too. Yeah. yeah. But I yeah. think if you tweak that a little bit, it makes sense to me. Because and I'm I think what they're go- because I don't think that's what they're going for. I just think that's how it was could be perceived. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I see what I see how you're reading. I didn't that. see it like that, but I could see how people could see it like that. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm right. That's just what they did in the movie. Yeah. And I, I haven't think, read the book. I do think because of the the word choices that that, that they make, 
the scene becomes a little more lame than I would have liked. Yeah, but if you change what they're saying to him slightly, yeah. the metaphor works for me. Yeah. Anyway, so Pennywise shrinks down to like baby level, right? Yeah, and then they and rip then his they heart rip out. And then they rip his heart out, very like uh, Indiana Jones mm-hmm. in the Temple of Doom. Beating. Yeah, and then it's it's beating faster and faster and faster, and then every one of them, except for Eddie, because Eddie, Eddie's expired, oh. uh, they, cru- they crush his heart. They do, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he dies. And then they go back and they see that Eddie's dead. Too. Yeah, and it's really sad. They're Richie's like just having a hard time with it, mm-hmm. and, and they're having like, to like drag him out. Well, they're trying to drag him out, and then the, the whole thing starts to collapse. Like the cave mm-hmm. they're in starts to collapse. So like we gotta go. We cannot bring him with us. So they right. sort of drag mm-hmm. Richie out of there, and then they barely make it out of the house by the time it all collapses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the house collapses in on itself. It's, yes, I don't want to spoil the book. Spoil the book. Slightly different. In the book, the whole town collapses and like it's a big disaster. Everyone dies? No, 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 no. Uh, but it's but like, like a lot of people do probably. But like it's like the sewers collapse on themselves. So like the town. I mean, that would and, make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So Pennywise is now dead. Yes. They walk back into town. And they go up to the cliffs. Oh, shit. They the, don't walk back into no, town. You're right. The right. They, they go, go to the cliffs, to the cliffs from the first um, one of my favorite parts of the first movie where they dive off the cliff and they're just all bloody and covered with all sh- kinds of shit. Yeah. And now there's a sign up that says you can't jump off these cliffs or anything. It's funny. But they do anyways. And then they're swimming and they're kind of just sitting in the water. I like the way they did the jump in scene because it's I all the guys are on the sides and they let Bev jump first. Just I like, like that in a the lot. first yeah. movie because she's the one who wasn't afraid to jump off. Yeah. So. But yeah, they are all sort of, not really swimming so much, but sort of like standing or sitting in the water, cleaning mm-hmm. themselves off. And they're talking about what Eddie would say. How Eddie would have hated it. Yeah, and yeah. then just Richie just starts like sobbing. sobbing, yeah. And they sort of go over there and have like a really nice moment with him. Mm-hmm. And I really love like, it's really, really sad, but it, like to break the tension, Richie's like, I really appreciate this, but I don't have my glasses, so I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, it is really funny. I don't know who you strangers are. And oh, and this is when um, Bev and Ben are trying to find his glasses, and they go underwater, and she kisses him, and it's so sweet. Uh, All right. So anyway, we see them walking into town. The remaining, uh, I guess, the the now only the living members of the Losers Club, mm-hmm. and then they see the reflection in the shop window, and it's all of the Losers and Club it's on so their bikes. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's straight out of the book and it's really a sad like a bittersweet memory and then we cut to we see words in the sky and it is words from the book one of the Mm -hmm. last parts of the book and it's so sweet so he's finishing one of his books and he's there's bill is finishing finishing a book and they throw that thing in again like Uh, i know where i'm going this time (laughs) (laughs) this one's gonna have a good ending right and this is a difference in the book and the movie that i really like because in the book they start to forget again Oh, yeah. And it's so sad, except Mike forgets, too. And they call and it's like the the writing in their phone book or the writing in their like connections book is fading over time. So they can't huh. even if they want to go look back, they can't. And so now we get the Stan letters, which is not in the book, but I like it. The not suicide notes. The not suicide yeah. notes. I yeah. like it, too. And I, too. Yeah. He's just talking about how, like, I knew I wouldn't be able to be there I would have been a weak link and so I'm just taking myself out of the equation yep. this is when we see Mike leave, packing up and leaving oh, town yeah, Mike's and, like I'm getting out of this and village. I imagine he's going to Florida because that's where he talked about wanting yeah. to go he doesn't really say but that's what I because thought because they can't give Mike a reason for wanting to go to Florida yeah. he just wants to go or something um, but yeah so Mike's <laughs> going Mike's leaving town he's not staying trapped in Derry anymore so we see Bev and Ben together and in love happily ever on after. their boat with their cute dog and yes. then Richie pulls up to where they were carving 
putting um, Henry Bowers's name into to Ben's stomach, and he has carved something into this wood. And we saw him carving it, but we didn't see what it was earlier. We only saw the R part of it. We yeah. saw him R carving plus. it as a child. Yeah. Child Richie had carved R plus, and then we see now he's carving R plus E, mm-hmm. which is as close as we get to actually saying that he is gay in this movie. And yeah. I'm, but it's so sweet. It I, is very sweet. It's very sweet. Yeah. It yeah. was actually a math formula. It was... R plus E equals MC squared. Oh, yeah? yeah. So it's, is that what yeah. it is? It wasn't mm-hmm. him coming out. It was him coming out as a mathematician. Mm. <laughs> this whole time. Mom, he finally figured out Pythagoras. I'm a nerd. <laughs> this is Stan's voiceover while all of this is going on. He's saying the one They're thing. They're reading the not suicide notes. Right. Yeah. Says the one thing about being a loser is you don't have anything to lose and you can just be who you want to be. And that's, I think, the lesson that they're all learning in this movie is just be who you are and don't be afraid. And that's like, I just realized in therapy, I've been afraid of the wrong thing for so long. I was afraid of like people finding out I wasn't what they thought I should be. And now I'm realizing the bigger thing to be afraid of is trying to be something you're not. Yeah. Just not being who you want to be. Exactly. But that's the movie. And that's the movie. Thank God. 9,000 hours later. Yeah. The movie. Roll credits. It was plot heavy. There were some things that I think we all kind of thought were plodding and like a little slow. Slog. It was a slog at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But I loved it. I liked the part of the beginning because, again, I was seeing my favorite characters come to life. But I really enjoyed it. Talking through it, I think I liked it even more. Mm -hmm. Because I think, like the first one, I had some nitpicks with it. But the feeling I got while watching it was just really heartwarming. Made me feel good. I really enjoyed it. What about you, Mikey? I agree with Jen. I really, really liked it. I Yay. enjoyed it as a film. I thought it was well-directed. I thought all the changes they made from the book were really good. I think so, too. I Most of them. like the metaphor. I like how it was deeper. I liked how it felt bigger and more important than like a normal horror movie. And I felt like they did something really good with this. Okay. I hated it because it was super scary and I don't like scary things. And it was it was this kind of scary I don't like. It was very jump scary. Yeah. Um, they weren't cheap jump scares, but I hated yeah. it. And aside from the metaphor breaking down right at the end, I liked it. I thought it was good. But I think everyone should watch it, especially if you've read the books. If you've read the books, I mean, yeah. you may Where as well you? watch it. Of course this. you're going to yeah, watch why, it. Why you wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Also, if you haven't read the books, read the books. I would not recommend reading the books. It seems like they're horrible. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I would just read. You know what you should do is you should listen to the audio version by Stephen Weber because it's great. And aside from the metaphor breaking down, I thought it was a good movie. I've got to watch this again because I missed that really important part. The metaphor doesn't become, this is how we overcome it. The metaphor becomes hurt people, hurt people. So this is how we turn into the thing that has yeah. hurt us. This is how we, this is how we overcome it. And that is to become the hurter. And that's my problem with Halloween, the new Halloween. Yeah. yeah so thanks. let's talk box office. <laughs> we're watching it on Thursday night yeah, at five. five so, and there were people there. We weren't the only ones there by yeah, any means. Thursday is not going to be out. their biggest night. No, but Thursday is not going to be their biggest night. They're going to make money on this movie. Oh, the yeah. budget for this was $36 million. They'll probably make really? close to... This seems low. It does seem low. They'll yeah. probably make close to or more than that in the first weekend. Yeah, I, I, I would be surprised if they don't make well more than that. I think this movie's got legs. I think it'll last in theaters through Halloween. Yeah, I think so, too. So let's yeah. do fun facts. All right, fun facts. Jen's fun facts. Jen's now fun with facts. always fun. Less depressing fun facts. Well, Doubt it. Well, oh, boy. They're usually depressing. pretty depressing. Oh, man. <laughs> Jen's reality facts. <laughs> no. right. Sometimes they're dark. <laughs> <laughs> 
So with the newer releases, there aren't as many fun facts. Well, yeah, because it literally a- came out today. Right. So um, we know Bill Hader was on SNL, apparently does an impression of Al Pacino very well. Yes, he does mm-hmm. a lot of impressions very he well, does. actually. And in the book, Richie is a, a radio yeah. host who specializes mm. in impressions. Oh, really? Yeah. And so they had originally written the Al Pacino impression into the script nice. when they cast Bill Hader. And he actually asked for it to be taken out because he said, that it was like old material and he wanted to do something I can new. sort of see that actually. Yeah. I do too. I kind of like that he did that. Yeah, me too. Also, he was amazing in this movie so I don't feel like I lost anything. Did you catch you know? the Star Wars references though? No. So in the Chinese food scene, he pretends to be Jabba the Hutt when he's talking oh, yeah, about yeah, fucking Eddie's mom. Yeah. So that was a nod to his role in Star Wars. He's BB-8 in Star Wars. He does a lot of voices for <gasps> Star Wars. That. Yeah, he's BB-8. Oh. Yeah. Todd, fun fact. <gasps> now with even more Todd. Yeah. Less depressing. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> it's uh, about another movie. <laughs> all right. So they did not film all of the flashback scenes when they were filming the original movie, probably because they hadn't written the script for it yet. That makes sense. Um, but they had to digitally age the kids down because they yeah, had Bev noticeably grown older. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you look at the kids' faces, their faces just look a little softer. And mm-hmm. I noticed this when Richie was playing arcade with the other kid because the other kid just looked like a kid. You yeah. know, and I could note. But it didn't bother me. It didn't take me out. The hate crime that happens at the beginning of this movie with Adrian Mellon was inspired by a real life hate crime. So in nineteen eighty four in Bangor, Maine, which is where Stephen King lives Um, Charlie Howard was uh, murdered by three teens who were beating him for being gay and threw him over a bridge and he drowned. So directly inspired by that. So that was Charlie Howard. And that's just awful that that happened and is still relevant today, too. Yeah. Everybody's like, is there going to be a part three? Is there going to be a part three? No, there is not going to be a part. Why would there be a part three? I know because of money. But they've all said there's not going to be an it chapter three. They're it not chapter three. The money grab. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Called it's <laughs> With a dollar, dollar sign. sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Apostrophe though. It's and I appreciate that they are not trying to milk this money because they're going to make plenty of money. They are. This. Yeah. 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 And so Andy Muschietti is the director and producer of this, and he is going to produce Roadwork, which is another Stephen King, actually Richard Bachman book, which I don't like. But he's also adapting The Jaunt, which is one of my favorite short stories by Stephen King. It's really good. It's more sci-fi than horror, but it's awesome. So I'm excited for that. So yay. So look out for The Jaunt coming who knows when, but it'll be awesome. All right. And those are my fun facts. Thank you for your fun facts. You're welcome. Let's do Scary Scale. Hey, listeners. (gasps) Our scary scale is a scale we used to rank how scared we were when we watched the movie. It's not a ranking of the quality of the movie. It's how scared we were tonight in the theater when we watched this movie. We could also call it the how far did Todd's hat get pulled down over his face rank. How far did Todd's hat get pulled down over his face ranking? Todd? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Todd, what you got? Oh, God. Uh, I would give it a seven. Seven. It was definitely, definitely scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I gave the first one a nine, and I think it was just not quite as scary as the first one, but yeah. it was still very scary for me. Mikey? I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. All right. 
Okay. I don't feel shamed. It's fine. No. Jen, what about you? I'm going to give it a four. Oh my okay. God. Now I feel a little shame. Oh no. <laughs> no. Uh, and uh, again, not a quality ranking. I love it. No. I was not yeah. particularly scared by any of it. And I think partly because I was just so on board with the metaphor and like how I was feeling about it. Yeah. Rather than, although there were some jump scares. There were some me. really creepy parts and, I, and that's, and it's the first time I've seen it. So it, it's definitely scared me a little bit. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm bumping it up to five because there were several jump scares that got me. But while we were talking about it, we weren't talking about how scary it was. We I were was. talking about well, you are, yeah. But I was thinking about like how it made me feel. Yeah, that's how I was You thinking. know, and so I think, yeah. So this week, you guys made me watch It Chapter 2. What are you making me watch next week? We are watching The Faculty oh. next week. The listener request was so close. Yes, it Jennifer's was. Jennifer's body beat The Faculty by one vote. Yeah. And Josh Hartnett is so dreamy. So dreamy. That we just decided You're to You're like, it's it. not that scary. That's what you always say, and I'm always scared. <laughs> that's not true. Well, it's usually true. <laughs> Yeah. All right, well, cool. We'll watch The Faculty Yay! before next week. You've probably already seen it. But if you haven't, check it out. It's got... Um, it's got Josh Hartnett and Elijah Wood in it. Woo! Is that Matthew Broderick in it? No, no it's got uh, John Stewart. That was Stewart. election. Oh, John Stewart today. That's uh-huh. right. So check it out, guys. I'm sure it's... Um, hey, but hold on. <laughs> oh, sorry. Because if you happen to be looking at the calendar Uh-oh. right now, yeah. we may or may not have a special surprise for you. So if you're looking at the calendar, expect maybe an extra special surprise in your feed that might be the second part of something. Yeah. And On that's Friday. I can neither confirm nor deny any of this information. Yeah, so that's <laughs> yeah. next. The faculty and Winky Blinky. Something before then, maybe. Yeah. Question Look mark. at your calendar. Yeah. So we're going to read a five-star review for you guys. If you want us to read your five-star review, make sure to leave us a five-star and review. leave one. And then we'll read it for you. And if you would put in what accent you want Mikey to read it in, we'll do it that way. Mm-hmm. This one does not have an accent, though, right? Yeah, but coming up, there might be a... Weird one. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see. <laughs> All right, so Benny Bear hey, says, Benny Bear. I grew up looking, loving horror, and I found I don't have the stomach to watch it the older I get. Hey, oh, I yeah. hear you. Yeah. I long to be part of the horror community, oh. and this podcast hits the urge just right. You nice. are part of the horror community. I'm glad we hit that spot. Oh, just right. <laughs> just it's right. like a come hither motion, Mike. Yeah, it's, it's like a... Let's continue. Yeah, let's make a tape. <laughs> I, I love the perspectives on the show that are so nuanced Aww. and really explores the idea that movies can read differently depending on the persona. And uh, I person. think tonight's episode really kind of illustrated that. Too. Yeah, absolutely. we had a bonding moment and I kind of liked did. it. Uh, it is shocking sometimes when one of the veterans gives a higher scary scale rating than Todd the Virgin. That is shocking. <laughs> yeah. The fun facts and great chemistry between the hosts rounds out this really great podcast. Definitely Aww. happily I gave it a listen after they gave me a follow on Insta. <laughs> Noise. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for that review, Benny Bear. That yeah, thank you really so much. Kind. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate your kind words. Yeah. Hey, guys, leave us some reviews. It really means a lot. And it really us. helps other people find the show. All right, guys. We are a member of the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. You know the deal with that. If you're listening to us in their feed, make sure you switch over to our feed. You get it two days earlier. But if you're listening to it in their feed, you get Death, Dying, and Other Things, the Modern Horrors Podcast, and the lovely Final Girls. And I want to give a special shout out because Luke Rodriguez is getting married this weekend. So oh, congratulations, shit. Luke. Aww. Luke. Guys, if you want to follow us, follow us on the socials at Horror Virgin, pretty much anywhere you can. And follow anyone. Uh, Mikey is at M Randolph twenty four. Jen is at Jen Veratu, and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you want to check out the blog and other tasty treats, go to horrorvirgin.com and check out. I guess the things I just mentioned. Nerds. Yeah, go check it out. They're what are you awesome. doing? Yeah, I wrote a blog about Bev. 
Maybe I'll post it. So if you're looking to financially support the podcast, we're looking to price out some uh, if you want. We've to already in. priced out some uh, better electronic uh, equipment uh, to it give you guys some better sound. It a lot of money to it make does, me sound yeah. like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so join our Patreon. We got a lot of um, exclusive stuff only for patrons. Right now we're in the middle of a listener request. Yes, um, we are. And the only way to suggest and vote for that is to become a patron member. We got lots of fun bonuses for all different levels. So yeah. yeah. And we're going to use that money to buy better sound equipment. And that's the goal, at least. And it's going to take us quite a bit of time to get there. But we appreciate all you guys helping us in that endeavor. And if you can't afford to financially support the show, that is fine. Yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing. And that is helping grow the family by telling your friends and family about the show. Please keep doing that. And, you know, leaving reviews and stuff like that really helps, too. And you can also join the Facebook group, which oh, is totally yes. free. The yeah. Facebook group is the best. It is. Didn't you just post a Facebook exclusive, like, too hot for horror virgin posts? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so if you listen Mikey's to the commercials, yeah. we, uh, we record a lot of Mikey pickup lines, and some of them are too spicy for yeah. the pod. So I Jen vetoed. Yeah. It was, it was well-received, though. And actually, Rebecca responded to that. Did you see that? I did see that. All right, well, we'll, we'll let you guys see what she said by going to the Facebook exactly. group and joining Exactly. No spoilers. Also, my mom posts a lot there now. <laughs> yeah, that's not weird. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, guys. It's been 9,000 delightful hours. Thank you so much for joining us. We are tired. We started this endeavor on Thursday, and it is now Friday, Friday morning. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and I have to edit this today. Yeah. And on top of all the work I have to do today, because I have a job. So. <laughs> yeah, four We've hours. been recording for three hours and 20 minutes. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We love you. Thank you. I'm Jen. I'm Mikey, and I'll see you in 27 years because I can't do this again because I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm your horror version, Todd, guys. We'll see you next week or possibly. (gasps) Oh, yeah. yeah. Look at your calendar, guys. Part of the 13th, too. Yeah. The second digit of Todd's phone number is one.